Warning. This podcast contains Kevin Brennan. You're a dork. Warning. <laughs> this podcast dork. is offensive. Warning. <laughs> Warning. Warning. It sounds like you're saying morning. Warning. This podcast is not for uh, a bunch of people who Kevin shits on. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Uh, wait, Kevin Look, shits on a bunch of people? I have to do a preface with this only because ev- Kevin has been wondering why I haven't released it. Yeah. And everyone thinks it's that it... Look, Kevin burns bridges without crossing them. That's what I love about Kevin. That's an interesting statement. He burns bridges without crossing them. And the statement was originally made about Patrice O'Neill. Oh. Patrice. Are they same, same? They're very similar. Like, the, you know, a lot of people go, what, why? Like, a lot of people, we, everyone celebrates Patrice in a way that um, that is interesting because knowing Patrice... Patrice probably would have shunned a lot of the celebration yeah. and mocked it. Yeah. And he just called it like it, it was. That's the thing that everyone loved about Patrice. Yeah. But in calling it like it is, Patrice also said some shit about you to yourself, to your face, that would sometimes hurt your feelings. Yeah. Like that was the part of Patrice. And this is the same with Kevin? There, and I, Kevin would, I think we talk about this in the podcast. I think that's what the stand-up community enjoys about Kevin is that he's... You know, in, in a business where you don't say what you mean a lot, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't mean what you say, mm-hmm. Kevin means what he says. So why were you uh, waiting to release this? I wasn't waiting. I just had people, had other podcasts that needed to come out timely oh. and timely. Oh. So there, there was no waiting. I was going to release it right away. And then someone, I did a podcast with someone and they're like, hey, can, I've got tour dates coming up. Can you post that then? It's like the one I'm doing with Tripoli next week is going to be released that day because Tripoli and Eddie Bravo are going on tour and they want me to... They want to promote the tour date. So you, it's timely. It's just sensitive. And Kevin didn't have anything time sensitive. Except so, just shitting on people. It's By, by the way, I, yeah. I will say this. Um, if you think Kevin might shit on you, I just don't listen to the podcast. Why? <laughs> well, then you'll doubly listen to the podcast. Uh, he, right? He, he, I'll, I'll save it for the podcast, but I will say, uh, shout out to Robbie Pro. I love you, Robbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Robbie's in charge head of Netflix. And Kevin trashes him, but but uh, why? Part of, me, part of me wanted to meet with Robbie first and then put out the podcast. But wait, how does he know him? He's Robbie's been in the comedy business for twenty five years. Robbie, or I'm guessing, but Robbie's a, like an OG. He ran Montreal. He uh, and now he's in charge of inarguably the biggest comedy distributor in the world. So Kevin really doesn't want his stuff on Netflix. No, Kevin's, Is that no, what you're no, saying? No, Robbie, I, by the way, I talked to Robbie about him. He's like, I love Kevin. He's like, I, I put Kevin on shows a long time ago. Like, I've always been a fan of Kevin. But then why is he talking because trash Kevin, about that's him? that's Kevin. This is, by the way, and I will say he this. He sounds petty. Is it petty? Yeah. At it times, is? At times. At times, like... At times, yeah, but no, but it's also funny. Like it's, it's. Is he doing it to be funny? I don't or know. Is he doing I don't it to know. be serious? I don't know. I've seen him. I've seen it not be funny at times. Like he got in a fight with this guy, Dave Landau, I think we talk about, uh-huh. which really kind of got Who's aggressive. Who's Dave Landau? Dave Landau's a comedian. He's, a, he's from Detroit or Michigan. Uh-huh. And um, he's like a road guy, a legit road dog. Mm-hmm. And he came out to New York. He was doing something with Artie and Anthony. And... Uh, and Kevin just started shitting on him. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he doing the spot? I should be doing that spot. And then Dave took it super serious. And Kevin, but that's Kevin. Is like, he just fucking. And so then Kevin and Dave met up at Sirius XM to go on Jim and Sam. Mm-hmm. And Dave is like a regular guy. Like not, he's not. And he's like, hey man, 
you have a problem with me? And Kevin's like, yeah, of course I do, but let's do it on air. And Dave's like, no. Oh. Dave's like, I'm in. He's like, I want to talk about it right now. And then Kevin was like, no. He was like, the only reason you're here is because I shit on you. And Dave's like, no, that's not true. And then they got on air. And where Kevin wouldn't talk about it out there, he talked about it on air and he was being funny and then it pushed some buttons with Dave. Mm-hmm. And Dave got really upset. Okay. And at one point said he was going to fuck Kevin's daughter. Like it, what? Uh, yeah, it was got it got out of control, and then they oh almost got into a fist fight. Yeah, oh my god! So, but like, I'm so just he's saying, a pot stirrer. Uh, Kevin, he's a pot stirrer. He's a pot banger. Pot banger. There's nothing in that pot. He's just dong 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 dong. Kevin's a. But oh. by the way, Kevin's the very first person I ever met in stand up comedy. Oh yeah. Yeah, and Kevin's had a, a really interesting career. His brother and him have a feud going on. Yeah. That um. But. You know Neil, and I think Neil's extremely talented. And I, and I, but there is something when when you listen to someone's brother shit on him, you start giggling. Like, wait, wait, like some of it comes from out of left field. You like, and then some of it's stuff that Neil owns. But like, does he do this in the podcast too? Oh yeah, this podcast is warning. This podcast wow. is warning. It's Kevin Brennan. And did you participate in the shitting on people? No, I don't really shit on, I don't like shitting on people in life, but I do giggle. Oh, Eddie F's on this podcast too. Fuck, I forgot. Eddie F came over because I think Kevin was like, Kevin was like, I don't, because Kevin was shitting on me. And by the way, he's been shitting on me. Oh yeah? Yeah, he was shitting on me on his, on his live show. And someone called me and said, hey man, Kevin's trashing you. For what? He just called me a liar that I make up stories and that they're not real. <laughs> He's like this. He goes, no one's going to call him in this horseshit machine story. He goes, the facts don't even fucking match up. How, that's impossible. You can't get involved with the Russian mafia. And How so funny. I think if, if Kevin, if what Kevin's saying is true about you, it really rattles you. But if it's not true about you, you find it almost as entertaining as everyone else. Right. Like, so I we seem to be Robbie's point of view yeah robbie's like yeah. yeah robbie really could give two shits what kevin right, says right, about right. him right because he's like it's not because tr- he's just yeah. a trash talker he's just okay talking shit. i got it but when he did it about me i just called in and he was like who is this i was like it's bert kevin and he's like who the fuck told him i'm talking shit about him <laughs> he's like god damn it and i was like and he's like what are you doing and i was like oh i'm on the road crafting new lies crafting <laughs> new lies but like it i know that it's not applicable to me so i find it almost funny yeah you know yeah. or I, I at least see the value in other people laughing at it yeah so yeah i giggle along with him eddie came in with him because kevin's like i don't think kevin knew what what, what to expect mm-hmm. with the podcast and mm-hmm. if i was gonna like call him on or i don't know so eddie came in and we just had a good talk it was a really fun podcast it oh, really good. is a fun podcast oh good and i like kevin good um kevin's the first person i met in stand-up comedy That's, that was my connection with kevin brennan uh my uncles knew kevin growing up in philly Oh, yeah? And my Uncle Dave said, hey, find Kevin Brennan. Oh, Tell him okay. you're related to the Hobsons. And I found Kevin Brennan. I said, my uncle's Dave Hobson. My uncle's Joe Hobson. I named all my uncles. He's like, and he was surly then. He was like, ah, yeah, 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 okay. He's like, well, what do you want from me? And I was like, I just need some advice. And we were at the night. Uh, I sell this in, this in the podcast. It was the closing night of a comedy club I forget the name of it we'll mention the podcast and he goes you know what this guy will tell you everything you need to know and it was at a bar and he introduced me to David Tell oh no way and David Tell fucking sat and drank with me and was like he's like get out now it only gets worse (laughs) but uh it's a fun podcast the girls my daughter's gonna come in at the end of the podcast and thank you guys for all your support for their troop but real quick Tour dates this weekend. I'm in Tempe, Arizona. And the following weekend, I'm in Liberty Township. And then we are going on a family vacation. 
Yep. We're campers. We're going, yeah, campers. It's going to be fun. Campers and, out. And this summer's pretty uh, pretty light tour dates. A lot of fun with the family. Yeah, hope I'm so. Be in Cleveland. I got some theaters. Uh, me, Sal Volcano, Nate Bargatze, and Kyle Kinane are doing Detroit, Buffalo, and Chicago. Not in that order. I think it goes Buffalo, Chicago, Detroit. But find us. Go to Ticketmaster.com and you can find tickets to these. They're big theaters. They're going to be big shows. They're going to be fun. We are touring together. The three of us are traveling. It's going to be funny shit. My wife's uh, father is sitting in the room with us watching us do our reads. He's a big fan of Le- uh, Leanne's podcast, Wife OTP, Wife of the Party. This podcast is brought to you by Hims. Uh, Jimmy, are you concerned about your hair loss? <laughs> daddy doesn't have any hair it's already lost <laughs> i wish i could go back to those days when you just lost your hair and you were like you're like oh i guess this is who i am for now on um look a lot of guys have problems with sexual performance it's more common than you think and it's happening to guys under 40 more than ever 40 percent of the men at the age of 40 struggle with it not being able to maintain an erection. Even the world's greatest actors can't fake it. Why do you guys turn to weird solutions? Those over-the-counter remedies that you get at a gas station, Brian Redband? <laughs> Forhims.com is one-stop shopping for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, all for men. I stopped my hair loss at the age of 21. Put it in its tracks. And it's one of the greatest things I ever did. I've been on minoxidil for over 20 years. Thanks to 4HIMS, HIMS can connect you with real doctors with medical-grade solutions to treat your hair loss, to treat erectile dysfunction. You don't have to sit in a waiting room and go talk to a doctor about these uncomfortable things at the age of 38. You can just go online. They have doctors online. You fill out some forms. You you answer some questions. They give you an assessment, and then they prescribe you the medication. What happened is there's a blue pill that we all know about that the patent ran out on December, and it became available to be distributed online. Generically. Generically. And that is where this revolution has happened, and that is why 4HIMS is where you need to go if you're having any of these problems. Do not worry about scheduling a doctor's appointment and getting your blood pressure taken and getting white coat syndrome and just go to for him. Here's, here's the deal. Uh, no in-person doctor visit, not at all. It's erectile without the dysfunction. Hard, made easy to say hello to your little friends. Here's the deal. For my readers, try hymns for a month today for just $5 while supplies last. We'll get you started for just $5 while supplies last. See the debt website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a pharmacy. Go to 4 slash BERTCASTED. B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T-E-D. BERTCASTED. BERTCASTED. You've been casted. You've been BERTCASTED. That's 4 F-O-R- H-I-M-S dot com slash BertCasted for hymns dot com slash BertCasted to try one month for just $5 while supplies last. Go to the website to see the full details. You're going to save yourself a ton of money, an awkward conversation. And and you have more fun. Yes, actually. Well, maybe. I mean, I I had to do that read one time with George in the room and it was very uncomfortable. That sounds really awesome. Beachbody. This podcast is also brought to you by Beachbody. Leanne, Jimmy, did you notice a difference in Leanne's body? She lost like 16 pounds. 12. 12? 12 pounds. Mm-hmm. Beachbody. Yeah, she did it on Beachbody. 12. We're trying desperately. I'm still doing the 21 day fix like at my own pace. 
I'm still yeah. doing all the workouts and I'm still eating basically that way. And I've kept the weight off. I haven't lost any more weight, but I'm also not eating exactly right either. I'm, I'm eating close. I'm uh, I'm going to hop back into Beachbody this weekend in Tempe. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to be a little healthier in Tempe. I think it'll be easier with one flight an hour in. It's so easy to use because you, there's a Beachbody app that I downloaded to my phone. So I can work out using my phone, using my computer. I can stream it to my Apple TV. It's so easy to do. Beachbody, Jimmy, if you don't know. <laughs> it's an easy to use, use streaming platform that gives you instant, instant access to a wide variety of effective workouts, all from your living room. Here are the companies, P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, which Leanne used and lost all that weight, uh, T25, Brazilian Butt Lift, Pio, Hip Hop Abs, Three Week Yoga. It's got tons, tons of trainers, the best programs that for weight loss that you could ever ask for they're all on this platform you can access it anywhere your tv if you got a smart tv your phone your your laptop i just put it on my phone got my headsets in and follow the workout in the gym at the hotels it is the best deal in fitness because right now my listeners can try it absolutely free leanne did you say i have something you wanted to read i do you got an email from a fan that i thought was really cool ask him if we could read it okay um he said he he said uh i'm emailing just to tell you my buddy and i are doing a workout until you drop as many workouts from Beachbody on demand thanks to you as we can do and the loser has to buy the other couple's tickets to your show Thought it'd be a funny oh, wow. idea, and you might get a kick out of it. Thanks for all the great interviews and podcasts you do. I laugh every episode. See you in July, Dave from Youngstown, Ohio. Youngstown, Ohio, isn't that cool? God, I love Ohio. That's I, really cool, I, I, though, I would, that they're going to do as many workouts on on uh, Beachbody as they can, and see who gets the most. Awesome! I would love to hear their perspective on the different workouts. I would too. So maybe Dave from Youngstown, Ohio. When you're done, will you email us and give us your perspectives on the different workouts? That would be great, Dave. Please hit us up. And congratulations on you and buddy, your buddy uh, doing what Tom Segura and I could never do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, we we love the app. It's super easy to use. Yeah, I love it. I use it every day unless my daddy's visiting. Yeah, you. she literally <laughs> goes. Break. <laughs> she did it in the hotel. Yeah. It, she did it in Philly in the hotel. Well, the problem is for me, it was for the 21-day fix, the workout is 30 minutes. And I feel like if I can't do 30 minutes, I'm pathetic. Like I have no reason to complain about anything with my physical fitness level or my body. If I can't find 30 minutes in my day, then I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pathetic. I want you to try this service. I'm pathetic. I want everyone to try this service. Check it out. It's super easy. This is for free, by the way. Yeah. It, all you have to do, I think, let me put my glasses the back on. The trial is for free. Yeah, the trial is for free. Right now, my listeners get a free special trial membership when you text BERT, B-E-R-T, to 303030. That's BERT, B-E-R-T, to 303030. You will get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutritional information, the support, totally for free. Again, just text BERT, B-E-R-T, to 303030, and you can be the optimal you. Dun, 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 dun. This podcast is also brought to you by Lisa Mattresses. Lisa Mattresses is an innovative direct-to-consumer consu online mattress band that is also socially conscious. Driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody, Lisa donates one mattress, this blew George's mind, to a shelter for every 10 they sell through their 1 to 10 program. 
Over 23,000 mattresses have been donated so far. And wow. I know, right? 23,000? 23,000. And they also plant a tree for every... My, so I, that means they've sold 230,000 mattresses. I did the math on this and yeah. I figured out what they're making. Huh. And it's, a good, it's a good company. They're going to be around. Not bad, huh? Yeah, not, not bad. bad. Well, it's a great mattress, I have to say. We, Georgia, Georgia's mattress is the Lisa mattress. Yeah. She's also got the Lisa pillow, which she loves. Yeah. Because she says it doesn't slide out from under her. Yeah, she loves it. She, she loves it. Um, I love the Lisa mattress because when some people snore, I go sleep with Georgia. And that mattress is comfortable. Available online or at Lisa Dream Galleries in Soho, New York, and Virginia Beach. American-made mattresses ship compressed in a box to your door. Try the mattress at home for 100 nights risk-free with free shipping always. You can now try before, if you'd like to try it out before, at 80 West Elm stores nationwide. Lisa's patent and universal adaptive feels designed for all types of sleepers. Jimmy, what kind of sleeper are you? Stomach sleeper? Side sleeper? Back sleeper? Back sleeper. Back. Leanne? I'm a side sleeper. I haven't been in bed with Leanne in years. Oh, shut up. She's, I snore so bad. I got to get my sleep. Well, I, I start out there. I just move. And some nights you don't snore and I can stay. It depends on your level of intake. They're, like I was saying, it's designed for all types of sleepers. Features three premium foam layers. The two-inch Avena top foam layer for cooling and breathability. Two-inch memory foam layer for body contouring and pressure relief. And the six-inch dense core foam-supported durability and structures for all types and sizes of sleepers. 11,000 five-star reviews online. Wow. 11,000 people. It's because they're awesome. Georgia has the cooling one. It really does stay cool. It's really, it's, it's really not to be stupid, but it's really cool. <laughs> Lisa Mattresses is loved by 300,000 happy sleepers and counting. Available in the US, UK, Canada, and Germany. <laughs> Lisa's continuing to expand its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, the blankets, sheets, foundation, and frame, all available online with free shipping. Go to lisa.com. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash Burtcast. Right now, there's someone going, damn it, I do need a mattress. Yeah, it's got to be. And it shows up at your door. You right? get $125 off a Lisa mattress. No way. Yep. A hundred. By the way, the mattresses are running 800 to $900. All of them. And like but, all of them are less than two grand. And I'll tell you or right the now. King size mattress is that's pretty. That's really good. The first time we got a chunk of change where we, where we were comfortable. Me and Leanne, we had just bought the house and we were. And it was like two years in, I think. And we got a little breathing room with money. And we went out and I said, well, let's buy a really nice mattress. Yeah. We, we deserve it. That mattress cost, I think, four or $5,000. No, it was like $2,800. It's $3,000. Yeah. And it sucked. It was, it, well, fucking, it was good for like I four months. sucked. That mattress sucked. Yeah. That mattress sucked. Yeah. By the way, then we went out. And we bought another $3,000 mattress. We got rid of that one, uh, bought another $3,000 mattress. And it stunk too. That sucked. Yeah. That sucked. I agree. So for $800, trust me, my daughter loves this mattress. She loves it. I've laid in that bed. I it's love phenomenal. It. $800 with $125 off. You cannot beat this. Delivered to your door? Come on. Do it. Just do it. Go to Lisa, L-E-E-S-A dot com slash Burtcast for $125 off the Lisa mattress. That's the deepest discount they've ever offered. That's Lisa dot com slash Burtcast for $125 off your Lisa mattress. And stay tuned after this podcast oh. for Georgia and Tatum and Gabby. Oh, I, I, let's just introduce them right now. 
ladies and gentlemen, my daughters, my daughter, Georgia, with her friends, Gabby and Tatum, uh, who very possibly might start their own podcast. Yeah, they do want to start their own podcast. <laughs> now, after doing this read, they had so much fun. They're like, Dad, we could do a podcast, right? I'm like, we got the equipment. All you guys know how to do is find money to pay Halston. <laughs> talk your mom into building a website, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so without further ado, my daughter and her two friends, the Girl Scouts. Hey guys, brand new podcast, and I'm sitting here with my daughter and two of her friends, Georgia, Tatum, and Gabby. A couple weeks back, or a couple months back now, they came on the podcast and they asked you, my fans, to go to their GoFundMe page. It was for their Girl Scouts, for their Silver Award, but most importantly, they're going to recap what the what the Silver Award was, what their plan was, what their project was, and tell you kind of up to date where they're at right now. I'll start with my beautiful daughter, Georgia. Georgia May Kreischer. All right, so the Silver Award is a community service project for Girl Scouts. And basically what we're doing is we thought that water bottles, um, not water bottle, like water fountains at school aren't exactly clean. So we looked up what cleaner water water bottle filling stations would be. So we found one and we started raising money for it. And that was the GoFundMe page you asked everyone that listens to this podcast to go find, right? Yes. And there's a link. Uh, uh, you guys know where of a link, but but and so and so now, do we go to Tatum or is it we go to Gabby? Go to. Um, I have the uh, link to go uh, donate money. Uh, if you want to go donate to our GoFundMe, go to wifeotp.com, and there is a link to go donate to the. Go find me. And so far, to date, how much money have you guys raised? Uh, we raised $2,970. $2,970. That's a lot of money. But how's the project going so far, Tatum? Okay, so basically what happened with this project is nothing like this had ever been done at an LAUSD school before. So they didn't have any committee or any installation process in place as it was. Um... So what happened is basically we got the estimate for the installation for the water bottle stations, and it was a huge estimate. It was ridiculous, right? It was ridiculous. It was insane. So what we did then is we went to the school board and our principal, Miss Gamba. The three of you did. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Keep going. We went to the school board and our principal, Miss Gamba, was placed on a new board that was put in place to help lower the prices of the estimation for install, installing the water bottle fill stations. Really? So they? So you went in, you said, this price is ridiculous. You took it to Miss Gamba. Miss Gamba said, this is ridiculous. And then she got on a board to look at who could put in these water bottle filling stations. By the way, these water bottle filling stations are awesome. There was one at the Hilton where mom and I stayed the last two days. And it was it's amazing. You get ice cold, clean water dropped into your container. You don't have to dangle your container or have some container some kid's been mouth loving all week i did that one time and so what happened after miss gamba who wants to answer this question gabby what happened after miss gamba you don't know Um, (laughs) uh, oh right so um then she got uh put on this committee and basically um it's to try and uh change the price to install these water bottle water bottle filling stations uh throughout the whole district so that was so not just your school but throughout the whole district yeah lausd really and so where do we stand now what's going to happen 
So basically what's going to happen is Miss Gamba is working with that committee to find a way to lower the prices so that this can happen in not just one school and that you don't need an insane amount of money to provide clean water for your school. Um, when they do have that figured out, all of the money that we have raised is going to go towards a new fill station for Walter Reed. For your school? Yes. And so? And so how much money have you raised? How many... How many of these have you raised? How, well, how many water bottle filling stations have money? We, wow, you know what I mean. So um, we've raised enough money to buy one station, and then we have leftover money. You have leftover money. Which is $470 left over. Now, when does this, when can, what, at what date did they stop giving money, Gabby? Um, well, the last day to donate money is May 31st. That's when our campaign is going to end. So make sure you go to wifeotp.com to go donate. So now, the- what do you say to all those people who think this is a huge ruse just to get to go, people to go to my wife's website? <laughs> Does any, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> I can tell you about that. Um, okay. I think saying wifeotp.com is a lot simpler than the the direct link to GoFundMe. True. So there's a button on my website. So all you have to do is push the button because it's troop13376silveraward.com slash GoFundMe. Slash GoFundMe. And right now you guys have, you guys, you guys listening, the people who these girls so respectfully cleaned up their act in the before... Uh, from the previous four takes we did. <laughs> and, what? And I thought you meant in general life. It was like no, you guys have clean. You guys have a pretty clean accent <laughs> life. But you people listening, thank you so much for donating because you. You know what? I don't even know why I'm saying thank you. I'll let you guys go so, around the room and everyone can say their thank you. Tatum, go ahead. So guys, we just really appreciate all of the money and you just listening to this podcast podcast so that you can help support our school this is really a big change for us and it will really help improve our school life and we don't have to go around school and use the filthy school water and wait until we get home with an empty water bottle so that we have to drink water we really appreciate you guys thank you so much for your participation yeah go ahead Gab. yeah uh so we just uh we really appreciate you guys donating your money towards this cause because it's really important to us and the school so just thank you guys so much george I thought it was gonna cease. Um, thank you for donating because it's a big deal, I guess, changing how now that when we go see a water station, we think, oh, okay, I can actually drink from that rather than, ew, that's disgusting. I don't want to touch that because kids have sucked on it. So thank you. By the way, I would point out the kids sucking on the water fountain. Jesus, there's Johnny Water Fountain, sucker. Hey, uh, and, 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 I got to say, I'm very proud that you three young ladies took this upon yourself and affected change district-wide. There's, that's very, that you guys are, you know, they talk about the kids being the future and how the kids have kind of taken off with all these things with gun control and walkouts. And you guys took your own little grassroots program, a water bottle filling station, took it up against the man. The man told you it was going to be $72,000 and you're like that's bull crap. Whatever it was going to be. It was just it was 20 grand. The man said it's 20 grand for one of these things. And you guys said this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Took it to Mrs. Gamba. Mrs. Gamba said this is ridiculous. She got put on a board and now they got it dropped down so that you guys can afford one and if you'd like to keep giving, you can go to wifeotp 
You can click the button and you can donate so that Johnny Water Mountain Suck Water Fountain Sucker Aww. doesn't can just suck his own water fountains dry and everyone else can have free Dad. clean water. What's what's the kid that sucks the water? What's his name? I don't know. Let's call him out right now. I don't know. I just saw. Okay, so there was this little sixth grade boy, and he was tiny, and his shorts reached his ankles, and he was just really tiny. They're not shorts then. No, like they look. No, they looked like shorts, but they reached his ankles. He was that small, and his regular Walter Reed short or shirt reached his knees, and I felt really bad for him. I think he like climbed up a water fountain. Why do I feel like this is a pilot episode of a new podcast called Thirteen and and Racy? Tiny. 13 and 13 and opinionated. No. Oh my god, that could literally would you guys be a do, thing. Would you guys do your own podcast? We could we could totally do that. We would just you guys talk could do your own forever podcast? about school. Yes. No, no, see, that. no one would oh, want to look. I'm already frustrated in Georgia. She's acting like me on a podcast. I just saw her just go, no, no, no. See, here's the thing. I do that with my toes and my beard hair. <laughs> yeah, I play with my beard hair when I talk. I thought you were talking about your toe hair. I was like, what the heck? Um, no, but if... You had a podcast of what conversations take place during the school day. You would immediately want to turn it off and bleach your ears. That really? is that true. Bad. We would is have to have bad? different conversations that we do at school. No, that would be the fun part. You could discuss topics. Yeah, I could yes. bring up topics. No, then we'd we get off that. topic and we'd be like, why are they talking about the magic school bus and candles? <gasps> oh my God, Mabel. Right. I don't know. Right now, right now, there are people going, hi, this is probably a podcast I wouldn't listen to. All, my, all I want to say is, hey, <laughs> ladies, you did a great job. And then on the count of three, we'll all say thank you, but we'll sing it, okay? We'll oh, sing no. it. So what we're going to do is, I'm going to go, thank you. And then you just go octave higher, Tatum. Thank you. And then Gabby, thank you. Thank you. And then we'll go. And then I'll, and then when I drop my fingers, we'll all go, thank you. Okay, you ready? Thank Here we go. You. Progressive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I thought you were singing. All right. That's it. This podcast is getting warning. This podcast warning. This podcast is getting ready to start warning. Kevin Brennan, Eddie Ift. Yeah, it's uh, this episode. um, Just call it trash talking. With Kevin Brennan, trash talking. Was that a land? I think his name of his podcast is Burning Down Bridges. Shut up. I think so. It's not Burning Down Brennan. No, he's got two podcasts. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Eddie Ift and Kevin Brennan. You're an idiot. I know that fucking laugh. He's a fucking. He's like a. Those guys are fucking assholes last night. Here, sit what down. Do? Start recording. No, wait. Tell me what, what happened. All right, we're on air. The we're on air. Goes, the one guy goes. Uh, one. I'm like there, and they're they're like it's at like a fucking massage parlor kind of a place. Wait, what did you do? Talking to the mic so I can we can hear. I was this. like, I can't. I'm gonna name the show because the, the guy. They're already weird. Chad knows who I'm talking. Oh, about. I know who he got you on their show. Yeah, so but so I'm waiting. I I'm like waiting for the other guy, the guy who I was like uh, talking with. That Chad gave me the guy's phone number, and uh, the other guy's just sitting there like on an email. He's like being kind of rude to me, and then he goes, he goes, "Oh, uh, we're talking about podcasts." He goes, "You have you have a podcast?" I go, "Huh." <laughs> like you think you would just fucking Wikipedia me or like 
Yeah, you know, no, I'm here because I because you guys are amazing. Because <laughs> it's just fucking. That's what I want to do. Just talk to two guys in off Venice Boulevard. I, Maybe I, I get exactly a hand job after. You do? <laughs> yeah, I can figure it out. And I think it's he is kind of aloof. It's not. I don't think that was intentional by any means. No, but then afterwards he was acting like I was the dick. I'm a dick. And I'm like, oh my god, because I ended the show with. <laughs> I said, you know, it just women aren't as naturally funny as men are. <laughs> so he says, is that, I, isn't that your closer from your so show? So he goes, he says, you want, I said, can we close with that? Because I was getting tired anyway. I go, can we close with that? He goes, you want to close with the most ignorant thing you said on the show? I go, yeah, I would. I go, why end up with a, why end on a positive note? You know what I mean? Now I got to know who it is. I know exactly who it is. It was a podcast? Hey, Chad, yeah. why don't you tell, Chad, zoom no, up. No, but Chad's like, and then they, they I, I should have known as well because the guy was like, oh, Chad killed it here. <laughs> so obviously they're just. Oh. Chad, why don't you tell what podcast you put him on? It's uh, the Crab Feast. It's a great podcast. Ah, great Jam Jazzes. <laughs> I, lo- I love those guys. <laughs> oh, it was Jay Larson. He, he called Jay, me. Jay, oh, I know. That's, that's what I said. It's Jay Larson. I know it was that. Jay. Because Jay's, Jay's such a fucking, such a, a progressive alt hangout guy. <laughs> <laughs> he called Neil wildly successful. <laughs> And I'm like, did you oh. see? Did you see what the box office on Female Brain is? It's at nineteen thousand and holding. <laughs> it's like a fucking plane that's stuck at nineteen thousand. Nineteen thousand. How do you get nineteen thousand in a movie? Oh. For like a major. I don't know if it's a major release, but it wasn't. It was released. Nineteen thousand. You can't even buy a fucking car with nineteen thousand dollars. Chad, did you set him up? Was this a setup? Did you think Kevin? I would- was a little set up. You were set up. And then the guy even said, the guy goes, the guy goes, oh, my a buddy said, I heard Kevin Brennan's on the West Coast. You should get him on your show. This is what he tells me. And then he goes, do you have a, you have a podcast? I'm like, how fucking hard is it <laughs> to just see if I have a podcast? Like, no, what am I here for? <laughs> I'm just, but it's the LA thing where you just kind of go, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'd rather talk to the fucking 7-Eleven clerk. <laughs> the- At least they're dealing in reality. That is uh, good. Good. That's fuck. You know what it is? It's. I think it's more generational. Like I think. I think guys like Jay Larson and, and like that age found out Neil had a brother and were shocked. Whereas opposed to like guys like me, found out Neil was doing stand up and were like, "Oh, shut up." That's you know like. It's also you're from New York and they're at mostly L.A. Yeah. People are. It's weird that we have the internet and yet people still. All right, get hang like, up on Chad. I'm bye, afraid Chad. he's going to say something. Bye, Chad. All right. See ya. Hi, Chad. Don't even say his last name. That'll piss him off. <laughs> um, so wait, did you do a lot of podcasts while you're out here? No. Just that one? Yeah. <laughs> wait, by by the way, he just shit on Jay Larson for being on his phone in his podcast. <laughs> Are we starting or no? Yeah, yeah, we're starting. We, yeah, we do now. <laughs> All right, I'm with uh, The Machine. I feel like such a fucking idiot called, called Bert The Machine. <laughs> I'm with the machine and Eddie Ift. What do you, what's your nickname out here? Hat. Hack? Hack? He always makes fun of me for wearing a hat. Because he oh. always wears a hat. Anyway, I'm doing a podcast right now, you motherfucker. So don't be like, what are you going to do? What are you use podcast? You're going to do when you're out there, you fucking piece of shit. It's 9 a.m. Go fuck yourselves. Why are you here, Kevin? Why are you in L.A.? It's a family vacation. Wow. That's a weird place to vacation. 
No, not really, because my wife wanted to go to Florida because her Oof. mom lives down there. And then I'm like, I'm not going to Florida yeah. and sit in the fucking hotel. It's so, so I'll come out here, and then and then uh, you know, and then it wasn't that expensive because people don't really come here. They all go to Florida for spring break. Because my kids' spring break, so I'm like, I'll come out here. How many kids you have? One, huh? Two, two. And then I, I figure, and then and then you know, I contacted Bert, or actually Chad helped me with Bert because Chad was like, Bert's hard to get on the phone. Yeah, he doesn't return messages. Um, so I'm hard of your Chad. If Kevin calls me, I answer. No, <laughs> so I have to. So send he goes. So messages. so I said. So Chad goes, I'll try to get you on Burt's. I go, don't try. Just do it. You fucking, you, he, you know, you got, he got, he called him burning bridges. You must be able to have contact with the guy. I go, so it's like, don't try. Just fucking do it, you know? So he did it. So why don't so then you once the, I got Burt, I was like, all right, we'll just go out there and, well, and then I'm. You kind of are doing it, but don't you do all your uh, all your vacations around a gig? I always. Oh, oh, I just I, planned. I, I just planned. Uh, uh, spring break next year will be my Australian tour. <laughs> uh, no, summer's my Australian tour. Spring break is my European tour. It's, I'm, I'm going to take the girls, and it's yeah. a write off. And nobody gets mad. Your wife doesn't get mad. She doesn't care. She doesn't know what that entails. She doesn't know how hard I go off the rails when I go on tour. <clears throat> so it's going to be a lot of. But she'll be there too, right? Yeah, it'll be them doing stuff in the day, me sleeping, yeah. and going out and partying all night, coming in the hotel room at like four in the morning. But they don't care? Your wife won't care? Yeah, she didn't give a shit. What's that look like? <laughs> what is that, cum? I think so. <laughs> is it, oh, is it Priscilla slobber? Oh, that's what it could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you always do it this early, or you just do it? No, it's because Trip, Tripoli wanted you on. Yeah, so. but initially you said 10 a.m. anyway. Oh, I like, doing it, I like doing it earlier in the day when the girls are at school. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I have to do, uh, I'm doing another one with the Super Troopers today. I got to watch their movie. And then... Uh, yeah, do some research. See if they have a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just mind-boggling. And I just got to sit there and be like... <laughs> female brain. No, I just, I just, I don't even know. I don't even know the guy, so I have no idea. I yeah. have no idea if I'm supposed to be a dick, like I'm supposed to be like no, defer to them. I'm supposed a, to act like he's a they're like both they're great guys. They're, they're both really great guys. Are. They're just it just. Uh, no, the other guy was cool. I said it was like good cop, bad cop, because the way they were set up, they one guy on this side, one guy on this side, and you're looking at the wall. Yeah. So you have to keep fucking turning. It's like you, they're playing ping pong, and you have to keep turning. And one guy kept like one guy would laugh, and the other guy was just like looking at me like. Just because I call Robbie Pra like a fucking faggoty Jew, <laughs> you know? Because I go, I go, what do I got? Mark that, okay? <laughs> I go, I got nothing to lose. I'm not going to get a fucking Netflix. Neil's in bed with those motherfuckers, so I'm not going to get it. So what? why even? And he was like, oh, ah. Uh. Honest question. Do you think Neil would work against you in the business? Like if somebody was trying to help you with something like Yeah, Netflix, Neil, yeah, he would. You really Really? Yeah, I don't yeah, believe I that at all. I think he would. <laughs> Wait, would <laughs> I you, think he would. Would you work against I him? I thought, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would do anything. I would do anything. <laughs> I love when there's going to be the reunion episode when uh, those two come back together. What? No. Well, yeah, you will. Who, there, me and Neil? There's going to be a point where you two like make up and it's going to be a big episode everybody listens to. Uh, Chad said that to me. I go, I'm going to try to get Kevin on my podcast when he comes out here. That's how this stuff. I called him. He's like, I'm doing birds. Come with me. I'm like, you need a wingman. But I, <laughs> I, I, Chad goes, have Neil or have Kevin and then invite Neil. And I was like, oh. No, Neil no. would do, I think uh, somebody said, you know, Neil would do. Neil would like do Rogan's if it was like super big. You know what I mean? I know your podcast is it's big, not as big but, as Rogan's. But no, yeah. but I know, but nobody's is. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, so no so like, Neil would do it like even Neil, even Neil fucking last night because people always tag me on shit. Like I'm not that good at social media, but people always tag me. Somebody tagged me last night 
on something and and I and I go to it it's Pete Davidson taping Neil eating a sandwich <laughs> So it's like he's he's got like a, so he'll do anything if the if if it's a big you know what I mean it's like oh so I can be on Pete Davidson's uh, Instagram and people are tagging him like you know you're not as good as Kevin Brennan. <laughs> so was Neil like super popular in high school? No, because no. I would think he would because like no he would he would again he did what he probably did what he does in showbiz just hang around whoever but that gets can, you super popular no it doesn't get you super popular it gets you in that crew right but it's yeah. not like it's right. not like it doesn't make you super popular you right. know he's never gonna be fucking joe rogan or bert or fucking or pete davidson AF. you know what I mean? or eddie if yeah or he i'll be chad <laughs> he'll be chad's chad. easy to fucking so he just he just he like he, it's always like a picture with jerry seinfeld or ellen DeGeneres. no the funny thing is my kids were coming out here and we, and like I think my daughter likes Ellen, you know, so because yeah. Ellen was on TV or something, and, I, and my daughter's like, I really like her, and I'm like, oh my god, Neil could fucking hook that up <laughs> if we had like a normal family. Like Neil could make it like so my daughter's out, dreams come true. You don't reach out to Neil at all when you come out here. No, the last no, no, no. Really, when was the last time you guys talked? I texted you just, him. You stayed at his place last time I I saw you out here. Yeah, but that was years ago. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you guys talked? I texted him because um, he's somebody told somebody sent me a link that he had that he had a uh, he did something on the Daily Show that he basically lifted from somebody else or somebody sent me a link and then the it was just somebody did a tweet and then Neil did basically the same bit on it and so I texted him and I go you know you should stop stealing people's bits. <laughs> So he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, man, you should let this go. I go, I go, no, he goes, he goes, he basically implied that it's very time consuming. I go, it costed me, it took a second because I don't do it. People just send it to me. And then I, I'm basically saying like, cause you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, it's my way of like fucking sticking it to him. Like, don't be a thief, you know? Cause every comic hates to be called a thief. Yeah. I was at the, this is a true story. This just really just happened. I would have forgot if that, if I hadn't been talking about this story. I'm at the comedy cellar and you know where like when you're in the hallway and the stairs is really tight downstairs. But like, so I'm, I'm Jimmy Carr's on, he bumped me to do five minutes. He's at like 15 already. Yeah. So Cypher Sounds is like near the, like, I'm just dropping names like crazy. So he's like lighting him, right? He's lighting him. And but he's and then and then Jimmy's like, do I have more time? And 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 Cypher's like, he didn't say yes or no. He just kind of like. So I'm like, I'm like, no. So I, then I went over to the door. I'm like, just get him fucking, get him off. Just yeah. get him off, you know. <laughs> so I'm standing at the door. I'm on one side and like on the inside part of the door. I'm on one side and then and then Cypher's on the other side. And then I'm just standing there, and I, somebody taps on my shoulder, and it's and I turn around, it's like a, some black dude, but with the light backdrop of the of the hallway, I can't see who it is, yeah. you know. So uh, and he's with a girl who's not white, who's not black. So I'm assuming he's in show business or a comic or some or friends of Jimmy, you know, yeah. whatever. So then uh, he he's he's like, can you move a little bit? Cause I'm trying to, you know, and I go. I'm like, I'm already annoyed because I am got bumped and I got to fucking wait and it's the last show and I just want to fucking get done with, you know? So I go, I go, like I didn't move, you know? So he's like, can you, he's like tapping me and I go, I go, man, I'm, 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 I'm on the show. I'm the next comic on the show. And he goes, yeah, I'm after you. 
I'm after you. So then I, I don't know if I figured it out then who it was or, or Cypher said like, and then, and then I, but I still wouldn't move. I'm still not moving, you know? Yeah. So then, uh, so then he's like moving. Then he's kind of standing over. He's trying to get his, he goes, I just want to watch. I go, I'm like, fuck you, you know? And then, uh, and then, but he's making fun of my hat to his girlfriend and she's laughing like right in front of me, you know? Yeah. So I'm, so now I'm like fucking livid. So, so then, so it turns out it's Jay Farrell, you know, who I never met. So yeah. I go up on stage, I do a set. And then, uh, and I see like everyone's in the hallway at the beginning and then by, by like halfway through, no one's there. So I'm like, okay, he went upstairs or whatever. I get off, I get off. He's in, he's, he's in the room. He's seated in this chair that's like just by itself. And, but that's where my stuff is. Yeah. So I go up to him. I'm still fucking pissed at him, you know? So I go up to him, I go, hey, can you not steal my material? <laughs> and he goes, cause he probably thought I was coming over to apologize or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So he goes, he goes, uh. He goes, what? I go, yeah, I heard you're a joke thief, so can you, oh not my God. Steal, <laughs> can you not steal my material? And he was like, so he pushes me, and he, but he's getting introduced, so he like pushes me as he's whatever, getting introduced. So then I'm like, I'm still like, fucking, let's go, motherfucker. You know? <laughs> like, I thought he was gonna say, I thought he was gonna say something. I thought he was gonna say something from the stage, like, that last motherfucker, crazy white motherfucker. And I was gonna be like, that's right, motherfucker. <laughs> So uh, so then I'm I'm getting my jacket on and then I feel a tap on my arm and it's his fucking girlfriend and I'm like you want some of this too, <laughs> but she was she was trying to get me my attention because some guy wanted to fucking fist bump me who just who was in the room he just was yeah. like so ah, she good was, she was being nice and you no she was being nice I was like you want some of this bitches. <laughs> so then when I'm like going home and then and then she I white, was she white or black. She was, she was not, she was neither. She was like, <laughs> she was uh, like something brownish, goldenish. You, you have a history of problems with black girls. No, I just have a history of problems with everybody. Is this guy in the podcast yeah, too? Yeah, yeah, you'd think my fucking yard guy would go, oh, they're recording something in there. Maybe I should. Every, every, <laughs> every podcast taped here should have a leaf blower walking by. <laughs> you hear it every, you hear it all the time. He's actually focusing on this yeah, fucking door. It's like door. he's going back and forth in front of the door. Dude, that. So then I go home and I'm, I Google, I Google Jay Farrow, you know, just see what he's up to. Yeah. And then he just turns out he's like, he's in, he was in town for something, but he was, he did it. There was something in the New York Times like the day before where he's like, he's, he, he gained weight and now he's losing it. But he's like cut, like people listening, you can fucking, it was like in the March, he's fucking cut, he's like six pack, and I'm like, this guy could have just fucking beat the shit out of me. But then again, it's a great story for a podcast, like yeah. if he beats the shit out of me. You yeah. have a tendency to fight with guys that would kill you. Yeah, so because, and now I was saying on these guys last night, who, I'm, who I'll never do again. <laughs> But it should be noted that Kevin's podcast is named Burning Bridges. Yeah. And Misery Loves Comedy. I have two now. So just for the guy who didn't fucking yeah. look into that. So he's so, uh, no, because I was saying like, you know, in the past I was like, oh shit, this could go wrong. But that, you know, now at least I have a story. I can tell it. Because yeah. a lot of times I couldn't tell stories on stage if something happened because, you know, people didn't believe it or it was too long. It didn't have a punchline. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so now if something weird happens. I'm like, at least I have a fucking good story out of the it. Thing you know? that, the thing, the thing that probably the, so the majority of comics, when, when you first, I remember when you first did, like maybe it was Opie and Jim or Opie and, yeah. or Jim and Sam yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, Jim and, uh, Jim and Opie. That was like, 
all I think most comics are journeyman comics. Like most comics will never have the immediate success that Jay Farrow or Michael Che or or Neil right. like all those right. guys that just Kevin leapfrogged Hart. and then Kevin Hart. They'll never. Most of us will never. Yeah, but know Kevin Hart even struggled for a, oh, for a three second. Years. For a second, yeah. three years. Kevin Hart. I love Kevin. I'm not shitting on Kevin. By the way, I love Jay and Michael Che. I'm just using them as examples of guys who had look Michael Che. Michael resistance. Little resistance. Well, they, the they had their own resistance, but they they. I mean. My point is, they look good. They're on SNL. They're in TV shows. They're like always have really cool clothes on, like Dalia. Dalia always has the coolest shit. And I'm not saying Dalia hasn't struggled, but he hasn't. They've he didn't never, do it 20 years before they, he got yeah. his first break. They yeah. have their own struggles. There's no just yeah. they have. I remember when Tony Rock, you know, Tony was starting after Chris, and Tony. I felt like Tony was getting everything so early, but Tony's struggle is that he's always got to live in the shadow of Chris. Tony, and, by the way, is, I just heard him on uh, Sway on Sway Morning Show. I love, love listening to Black Morning Shows, <laughs> and uh, he was he was funny as shit. Oh, he's really. And I funny. followed him on stage the other night at the store i don't know what the fucking bitty did but it had cadence to it and i all i could hear was the cadence and the fucking place was exploding and i was like ugh. and i gotta go up and be like i have two kids that i don't enjoy no i just said out on that piece of shit podcast i did last night was i said you know uh no because it's like if you're a black comic you definitely you know because the, the audience thinks that the black comic has a struggle like they do in corporate America. Black people obviously an uphill battle in corporate America or whatever, yeah. but not on stage. I mean, they, they the crowd's rooting for them. They they can talk about white people forever, yeah. and nobody's gonna be like, "Oh, that's some racist." But they shit. are generally you know I mean? funnier. That could be a stereotype, uh, but it's like no, they they they. I would say they're actually probably uh, you know pound for pound probably f- like a bla- right. a regular black dude is probably funnier than a regular, regular white, white guy. Just easily, like, just like, so just like just, we're funnier than white than women. You know what I mean? We're like naturally yeah, just, funnier. Just like. So they, I'll get black people that they're funnier than us just just from the start because they're more animated. They, like gay men. You know? When's the last time you met an unfunny gay man? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's Neil used to actually say that before he did stand-up that like it's almost impossible to meet like a non-funny gay dude. You know, yeah. And if they're a black gay dude, forget yeah. it. You know what I mean? Oh. They're going to be like the they're almost naturally hilarious. Give them a know? fucking TV show on Bravo. Yeah, girlfriend and they fucking <laughs> snap the fucking... Yeah, but I think most comics, when you did that first show, I remember, like, because I'm a journeyman comic. Like, I'm, I'm the guy that I yeah, did TV Yeah, but not really. Stuff. But, okay, I'll, but I'll, for, been, the, for, this, for, the, I, for the argument, I'll I did. I did stand up 20 years before I had any success on the road. Yeah. On the road, but you had yeah. all kinds of fucking success. Oh, yeah, but travel you were one of the most it. successful comics I knew. Okay, anyway, my point is, most <laughs> of us, I'm still in that group of, okay. like, so most of us, I'm not bumping anyone. Let's just say that. I don't get to bump people. So, like... But most of us, when that first interview came out, I think it's the same thing that people loved about Patrice was, and what I loved about that interview is you're like, yeah, most people did not like Patrice. Like most people, Patrice had a problem with almost everyone he met. Yeah. Like I knew Patrice <laughs> very well, but there was not a day where I saw him and I was like, oh, hey, Patrice. Like I was like, oh, fuck. How's this going? Yeah, there no, was, I know. There was uh, always no, he, nervous. He I used was, to see him in the cellar. I'd walk in. If I saw him there, sometimes I'd go, hey, I'm just not going to go tonight. <laughs> He's, He's back. back. I don't fucking understand. He doesn't do shit. We just. It, <clears throat> no, Patrice saw me when we. It would be easier for him to pick up with his hands the three leaves that are out there. God, what were you gonna say, Patrice? No, Patrice, when I when I um, when we did it, we did, like when they did the half hour HBO half hours like ten years ago. Patrice was in that group, 
It was a good yeah, group. Yeah, I remember I mean, that Louis. Yeah, Louis. Patrice, Burr, you, Norton. No yeah, Burr. Norton. So anyway, so we had, I had like a dress rehearsal at the theater where, wherever, and it was near NYU. First, Patrice, I come out on stage. Patrice is in the audience just chilling or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, I guess Neil made a phone call <laughs> in front of everybody. And I wasn't even, fr- I wasn't even that friendly with him. So I had to do a fat joke immediately just to be like, I guess you're here for the buffet or whatever, you know? So it's like, it's, you know, and I was never friendly with him. So when I start doing the radio, people are like, oh, you're like white Patrice. But I'm like, I never even liked Patrice. So I'm like, I guess I'm an unlikable fucking skinnier version, whiter, no, less diabetic. You know, but, no, you know there, when you're, it's yeah. what it is, is that, you're, you're there's the 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 curtain of like what you can or can't say yeah. is just taken off and yeah. patrice had that to a flaw like i remember chris rock trying to do an intervention with patrice yeah and you and you were just like no but that's what we like about patrice like i remember when i told patrice one time we did uh ember together for a month and we yeah. lived together for a month oh god spent every day together spent every night together like i was with the guy a lot, and at the end of the trip, you had no self esteem. I said, "No, no, we got we got along. <laughs> we got along great." At the end of the trip, I said, Man, "I'm so glad we got to spend this time together and be friends." And he was like, oh, "I'm not your friend, really." I was, yeah, I was like, "What?" And he goes, "Oh, don't get your feelings hurt." He goes, "I'm not your friend. Just don't like I'm a guy you work with." Who? Yeah, but who were his friends? Norton, Norton, Bobby, Bobby, uh, probably Burr, Voss, Burr. But the, he was the, his friends oh, Burr, were the guys yeah, that Burr. he hung out with at the right. cellar every Michelle night, Wolf. and he started with Michelle Wolf. <laughs> what? So even though you hung out with him for a month, you weren't. He didn't consider you. So then, uh, like a month later, he books a, a Showtime uh, special. Gary Goldman, him, a guy named Jim Brewer, who's not Jim Brewer. Oh, really? there's, a, there's another comic named Jim Brewer. No. Yeah, there's another comic named Jim Brewer. <laughs> he's out of the Midwest. I don't that know if he still does success. it. He's must, yeah, he, he, must, he, he must spell it differently, right? He spells it differently, and he I featured for him one time, and there were people going, "What? who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> you know there's a guy named Bill Burr? There was? Yeah, there is, his name's Bill Blank. Why he's, don't, out of, he's out of uh, uh, Des Moines. Why don't they change their name? Bill Burr, so Bill Blank is named Bill Burr and he goes to New York and starts doing stand-up and Bill Burr watches it and goes up to Bill Blank. He's like, bro, you got to change your fucking name immediately. <laughs> like, I can't have you going around doing your act and people think it's me. <laughs> and so Bill was like, like, he loves Bill Burr so he's like, all right, and changed it to Bill Blank. Well, wait, oh, so it was Bill Burr and he changed it to Bill Blank. Yeah. So and now he's Bill Blank again. He's Bill Blank. So then, so Patrice books his Showtime thing with Gary Goldman, Bill Burr, uh, Bill, Bill Brewer, Jim Brewer, uh, and someone else, <clears throat> and then I am on. T- I have a TV show, and I get all my friends, inc- uh, everyone. I pack everyone in my truck. We drive out to Brea to the taping, and we sit in the tr- taping. I don't even say anything but tr- to Patrice. This is like, I mean, we had cell phones, but you didn't. I, I, you, you couldn't like get in touch the way you can now. Get done the taping. I see Gary and Patrice, and Patrice is like, "What are you doing out here?" And I said, I, "We came out to watch you." I was like, Patrice, you're fucking hilarious. I, I think you're hilarious. And I go, and remember, we're friends. This is what friends do. <laughs> and he started laughing so fucking hard. And he was like, and then he, I think he was genuinely touched. And so, uh, and then we all, all hung out and partied that night. He didn't really drink, but we all hung out and partied that night. But but it's the same thing that you, when that interview, I was one of my, like every comic just shared it. Because we were like, oh, finally, finally someone's speaking for all of us, you know? 
because there's a lot of shit that we talk behind each other's backs. Yeah. And and I mean, I, I can't co-sign on all the Neil stuff, but there is versions of what you're talking about that I see in my friends that make me crazy where you go like, like I saw a picture. This, this is fucking stupid. But I saw a picture of like Chris Rock and Amy Schumer at a Knicks game. And I thought if I had two Nick tickets, I would never take Amy Schumer. Like <laughs> I would never, I'd take a friend. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he didn't have well, like no, a, you know, when I, when I gave up on it was when I saw when, when somebody said Amy Schumer was at the comic strip and she put, and Larry David was with her. And I'm like, did they just go to fucking Sabbath or something? Like, it's like, why, why would Larry, Larry David, you think he's the kind of guy who's not, who wouldn't hang out with Amy Schumer. Or he's in such a status. He doesn't care anymore. You know, he's, his whole thing is like, he doesn't, he's doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give, give a shit about celebrity. So, so the fact that he would like be seen with her in public, I could see like going to dinner with her, but like going to a comedy club, that's when you just go like, it's, you can't, it's like, everyone's kind of a star fucker on some level. And it, and it just kind of, it kind of just, breaks you like when i when i was on the show with these guys last night i was like i'm like this is why this is why nobody does this because it's it, you're just easier it's just easier to be like yeah my brother's wildly successful and i'm staying at his house and i think he's fucking great i think he's better than david tell yeah. i mean that was that was the gist of what i said i said i'm like I'm like he David Tell is like a fucking genius. I don't like the guy. <laughs> you do too. He's like your best friend. No, I know we are best friends for forever, but but I don't like I don't like him. Yeah. But he's a fucking genius. So to watch him every night forever, like I used to watch him do open mics, and then for Neil to go like Neil Neil told me after I did the first uh, Opie, he was like he texts. I could fucking go back and find the text. He said he had hours of great material. I'm like. I go, no, you don't. No, you fucking don't. Because Intel has like 50 great jokes and that only comes out to an hour. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's, it, you can say you have a great hour. Like Steve Byrne, I know you guys are probably friends with him. He yeah. tweeted, he goes, I'm working on my fifth hour. I'm like, nobody gives a fuck. You know, because Stanhope <laughs> said, Stanhope said on some interview, Stanhope said on some interview, he was talking about his last special. He goes, he goes, most specials you do, you do a special and like, there's like, there's two good things that you're really proud of. The yeah. rest of it's mostly filler. Yeah. So, so when like Steve Burns, like I'm working on it, and like the whole country's gonna rally around Steve Burns next fifth hour. You for know? the record, nobody, wait, wait, nobody wait. gives for, a shit. For, for, nobody for gives record, a shit. For the record, by the way, I I am a star fucker too. Huh? I'm a star fucker. No, that's until, fine. But I'm saying until, nobody cares about until, your fifth hour until I find out that I don't like them. At first, when someone's famous, no. I'm like, this is cool. And then I'll spend time I'm the with exact them. opposite. And I'm like, if they're if an asshole, famous, I don't want to spend any time If with you're them. famous, it's harder for me to like you. Oh, I agree too. Because I, I think, I, what's your motive in this? Um, I will what do you mean? You, if you're hanging around with a guy? I, I have a hard time being friends with famous people. Yeah, like, but they when just you want meet you, the, they just no, expect you to like shit. them, right? Yeah. You're full of shit. I have you, a really hard time with No, it. because you, like, there's people you're enamored of and they're famous and all of a sudden you get to meet them and you're like, this is cool. I got to meet so-and-so. And then if you, I find out if they're a dick, I'm like, oh, I don't give a fuck if they're famous, they're a dick. But you're, you're, I've noticed even with you, there's people out there, athletes or whatever that you, I'll see pictures of you with them or you, Who? you're connecting with them on Twitter or whatever. Oh, I, I, I don't mind being like, yeah, but he's like a friendly guy and people like him. Right. You know what I mean, right. But I'm saying I, I, I have a, I remember Elliot Gould wanted to go to dinner one night <laughs> and I was like, I never get that call. I'd rather talk to the fucking guy with the leaf blower than Elliot Gould. I, I, dude, I 
went there and he's like, what do you think of Michael Moore? That was the first question. And I was like, I think he's a fucking idiot. And he was like, what? Really? I was like, gun control is not as simple as the way he said it. Yeah. And, and Elliot Gould shut down. And I was like, this is why I'm not friends with famous people because you can't just be real the way you, you would a friend. You can't. Even even like to like not to bring it back to the seller, but like I can't even sit there because you have to agree with either the owner, no. the the booker, or whoever's the most famous person there. Like if Judd Apatow's there, you have to agree with him. It is a good like, point. Like it's it's like so why sit there? So I can't have an opinion because I'm not famous. That is a weird thing that the most famous person in the room's opinion is where everyone. Ha- you- yeah, but it's funny when there's a dissenting opinion. I always it's not like, the no, it's not, not when Esty goes. Yeah, I get scared. She of She gives you a look too. like really. Yeah, I get scared of Esty. I mean, I can't even. She just can't. texted me last week for the first time, and I was like, she wants me to. Uh, she was talking about the Vegas club. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, uh, yeah, now they need you. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited that Esty texted me, but. <clears throat> There no, is like- I try to get someone past there. This is how fucking crazy it is. I try to get someone past there who works at Kumia and he's fucking hilarious and he's a great MC and uh, she didn't like him and 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 he kind of thought that he passed or whatever. So there's a it was a, it was a little bit of a gray area. So then I was defending him. And and Esty got mad that I defended him. I just said he's fucking hilarious. He comes on my show. He's he's like the funniest guy that I'm working with now. And she was she was like God. She goes so I'm wrong. I'm like oh my god. I can't even I can't even defend my friend there because then yeah. then it's like then I'm a dick. You know. She loves you though. No, she don't. She yeah. used to. I'm not even. She booked fucking uh, uh, David Del Rey. What's his name? Dean Del Dean Del Rey. I just saw he tweeted. I'm at fucking in Vegas. I even they haven't even spoken to me about it yet. So <laughs> I think the reason you haven't gotten oh, you because they probably Vegas. think I'm a troublemaker. <laughs> they, no, I mean, I mean, imagine the week that people have to spend with you. It's not just like one night. No, I know. It's a whole week. Me and Jay I, Farrow. I'm doing it the first week in May. By the way, Jay Farrow. I thought a about really how nice I would guy. like to do. I would like to do my week with no, you. No, I can't even. I, why? I can't even go because my my. How many days is it? I think. It it goes like Wednesday through Sunday. Oh, I, can't I can't. I can't be gone for that long. I can't do that. My wife I just did. I just me. did Monday through Sunday for Brad Garrett's club. <laughs> I will. I will be doing that. Brad's the greatest guy. Yeah, in the but whole that's world. close, and and you you only have one one. Oh, your your wife's pregnant, right? Yeah. yeah. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. There is a weird thing that I've noticed. Uh, hey guys, working on my new hour. As opposed to doing like, what are you? What are you like, doing? These are the, the things other in stand up that I call bullshit on that I that have driven me nuts. And but I've just, also can I just say one thing? It. I only name names because of I I always do. So yeah, it's no disrespect to Steve Byrne. No, no disrespect <laughs> to Steve. But like people do say, working on my new hour. The first thing that I that drove me nuts when I saw it happening was uh, people naming their tour. People who are just doing the road, naming their tour. Yeah, this is the no give back tour. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, and then they came to me last year, and they're like, "What are you going to call this tour?" And I said, "It's called work. I'm going on the road. Yeah. Like I just do. It never fucking ends. I'll do it for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah, until well, no one wants me, and yeah. I'm sitting in a fucking airport, and some fucking <laughs> young guy walks past me and doesn't know my name, dude. That's the. But you have to like for when I do Australia because that's the only place I sell tickets. Well, that's a, but that's a tour, you, Eddie. You, I have to have a name. No, but that's but, a tour. Uh, that's a legit tour. You get on a plane, you fly to a place, you do a bunch of dates, and yeah. then you fly home. Because then people are like, oh, I saw, is this the new one? Like, because the same people come back. They're like, is it, are you doing the same show? And the truth is, I, I change the show every night. So if you do, if you do, never a real. if you do, if you do a, a, a string of theaters, like when Segura did his last tour, that's a tour. He names it. He's doing 
uh, 30 theaters in two months. Oh, but you're saying like the guy that's at like the the Albany Funny Bone. And he's like, going. yeah, and he games the tour. It's, yeah. And then Albany. And, and nobody then cares. Week, nobody cares. No one gives a fuck. But it's, it's, it's the, the same thing Brennan that I notice people tour. saying, working on, working on my new hour. Come out and see my new hour. Yeah. Or the biggest one was on MySpace. I remember people saying, and I, saying, uh, guys, I'll be headlining this club. And then I was like, I remember reading it going, oh, so you don't normally headline? Like, because headliners don't go, <laughs> yeah. I'll be headlining this yeah. club. But yeah, I, I, I think a lot of us see it. And when you say it, a lot of us go, I felt like that. I didn't realize I felt like that. It's like comedy for comics. Yeah. Like when you said, you talked about uh, your wife finding out that you had fucked around or whatever. Yeah. And no, she, I didn't fuck around. I just, I just, when my wife found out that I, when we were separated, uh, is you talking about when I was at yeah, the Seven Eleven? But, but you said no. You said you said yeah. My wife got upset on the next podcast time you did the show. You go, my wife got upset. But I said that at the last five minutes of the show. Who listens to the last five minutes? No, I know, no, because it, <laughs> I it, was it, like, that's what that's what all this shit I say comes out. <laughs> no, because you know what happened. I was on. I was on. A, I was on with Norton and and Opie, and they're waiting. Kevin Hart was doing Howard Stern that day, and they had uh, uh, Roland. Had had got a text that they're coming over, so they were waiting. So and I was that was my second time on the show. So they were depressed because they, they knew Kevin wasn't coming. Yeah. So then I was just then I was like just throwing out fucking stories, and I got I got like a I had a weird uh, altercation at the Seven Eleven, and it was like it was it was so late in the show that I just it kind of depressed me because I'm like my wife's like a my parole agent, you know what yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> like just, just who listened that law? Just you think she would just I. I mean, even when I was listening to see how late it was, I was like, holy shit, she listened through this segment? Because it was like, it was fucking horrific. It was so boring. Opie was kept looking out the window yeah. to see if, you know, anybody was walking by. And, and I didn't even know that Opie and Norton weren't even getting along at the time. So I was like, it was oh, like a yeah. weird fucking dinner party where the fucking hosts aren't even in cahoots. And I was like, hey, did I tell you about time I almost got a hand job from a homeless lady outside 7-Eleven? And it was a pretty fucking good story. And then my wife texted me like, like at eight fifteen, like I was, I was at Magoobies, and like the feature was just about the. I was headlining. The feature, the feature <laughs> was, was just about to. Yeah, the feature was just about to wrap up. My wife texts me. She goes, "Was it worth losing your kids for?" Like, oh. I go, "What?" She goes, "The Seven Eleven, you piece of shit, praying on the homeless." Praying on the homeless. I'm like, I offered her a dot two dollars to touch my dick. <laughs> she wanted a dollar. I said, I'll give you two dollars. Just touch my dick on the outside. On the outside. Yeah, it doesn't count. Just because I was, you know, I was, I was in Atlantic City. Atlantic City's not doing well, so I figured I'll throw some money around. I'll yeah, you double. I'll double what she wanted. You know. <laughs> But it was like that kind of thing, and I was like, I was again, I was like, so I was like, I'm, I can't even go Did on. I'm so it? fucking livid. Did she touch it? I can't. I don't even remember now. <laughs> I don't even remember. I, so do you do you see your stand up changing as you're becoming more popular on radio and on podcast? No, my pocket, my stand up's better. Like people go, people go, oh, you're. I saw you like when I did a Comedy Central presents. I did like the first batch with with uh, and I shared uh, um, I my was paired with Hedberg, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I did it out here. I didn't want to do. It. I didn't. I didn't. I told my manager, like, oh, I don't want to do it in LA because my act was so New York centric. And yeah. she she goes, they'll never do. She goes, they're never. If you say no, they're never gonna have you. They're never gonna tape them in New York. They they did the first batch in LA and the, they did all the rest in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's how dumb. Fucking what's her name? Uh, Who was your manager? 
Oh fuck, I can't think of her name. Abby Leviton. Anyway, I don't even know. Who, I don't even know who that is. No, she, she's she's still more, around. Yeah, she's like she was like she managed a lot of writers. She made she did pretty good. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, so and then I was with Hedberg, you know, and yeah. uh, and my special wasn't good. And then I watched Hedberg. Is that the one where Hedberg bombed, but they yeah. made it? Yeah, no, because he did so much time, and and the crowd wasn't good. And then and then uh, somebody said. Uh, Somebody at work, uh, my my girlfriend's work. She's like, oh, do you know? I, she knew her boy. My I was a comedian, so she goes, do you know Mitch Hedberg? And and my girlfriend's like, yeah, because she used to work at this comedy cellar. She goes, oh my god, it's like the best. I watch his special. Like I was in such a funk, and then watching Hedberg special like made me happy. And I was like, I like my special got no buzz. Like <laughs> my special and we got had the no same buzz. crowd, and he did like he did. It was just amazing. Like he that special like practically broke him you know but, but I, he just, really did bum like it, well, i remember yeah. watching the full cut of it on youtube i know i did too it's amazing yeah. it's amazing but then he, he did all he lines. did all his, his better jokes at the end and that's what they use they use they use his older stuff really? he goes he goes well i guess i'll do my older stuff you know he did that, he, I, went, I, I got nothing from my half hour like no, i didn't even have a person say they saw it and i remember i did my half hour i was so happy with it i did 22 minutes on like all i wanted to do and i walked back stage and dimitri martin told me that he goes do your set that they can't edit it he's like yeah. keep a flow yeah. don't yeah. let them like put the jokes in certain orders so they can't fuck it up and so i did 22 minutes like i rehearsed it so they wouldn't fuck with it yeah and you could see the timer i walked off stage i got a standing ovation at my half hour and no no one ever like said hey i like that i walked backstage and they're like get back out there get back out there you owe us you owe us more time and i went no that's that's all i have and they were like no you need to you have to you're yeah, contracted they wanted like 26 they minutes they forced right? me to go back out to do eight really? more eight more minutes Jesus. and i and i went like this i go i i don't have eight more and the crowd was still there <laughs> wait yeah. didn't you say the n-word on that yeah I remember you calling me up. You go, I'm the first comic to say the N-word on Comedy Central. But they fucked it all up. They just used the N-word, not the joke? No, no almost. They go like this. Where, you know you go to the meeting beforehand yeah. where they go over your material? They go, we've bullet pointed all your material. And uh, we, we've bullet pointed so that you don't lose track of your joke. And I was like, or jokes. And I was like, okay. Well, the joke was, I said, my best friend is a, is a midget. He's real life. like, And I go, and he hates the word midget. He, or he says that's the, that's the most offensive thing you can call a little person. And I was like, what about nigger midget? I'm pretty sure that's way more offensive. Yeah. How dare you think your M word is worse than the N word? Yeah. So they go, I go to the meeting and they're going over my material and they go, you can't say, uh, well, we're going to bleep N word. And I was like, okay, or, we're going to bleep when you say, we're going to bleep the whole thing. And then they go, <laughs> we're also going to bleep when you say, n-word and i was like well then nobody will know what i said and they go exactly i go well then why even put the joke in they're like well it's a good joke and i'm like well just bleep when i say the word and they're like yeah but we have to bleep n-word also because then people will know and i'm like do you realize you're all stupid yeah they and are then stupid. that we go but they've got the bullet points i go to the meeting it's another meeting you know they've like legal standards and practices i go to the meeting where they're going over like the production and they go okay here are your bullet points and there's a black woman sitting next to me and i look down they've bullet pointed my jokes i didn't and yeah. all it says on the page is nigger midget <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like uh and I just look at her and I go, can we, can, can, 
can we talk about the bullet points? <laughs> like, uh, Were they going to say it out I, loud? Did anybody say it out loud? No, but I like had to explain to this woman that like the joke was about the offensiveness of Yeah, it's not about you. You're not yeah. a midget. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, it's not. And it just got to this awkward meeting. But the whole thing. But then to make even worse, I do the joke on stage. And what do they do? They cut away to a black couple in the crowd for their response. Oh, yeah, so and I was like, stupid. could you have made this? Like, why did I even do? Like, I... I didn't want to do it because I was like, oh, I'm crazy. I'm edgy. I loved the joke. I thought yeah. it was a really funny joke. Yeah. And they just, it just got more and more uncomfortable. I have a great like, joke now. A great story with the N-word is the punchline. Yeah. And I, it, I've tried it and it just, it just doesn't work. Like it's just, you feel people go, Ew. yeah, people, don't but it's, like but it's, say it's not N-word. me saying it. it's a black guy saying it, but I doesn't need, matter. I need it. <laughs> you got to bring that nigger out. <laughs> Have him say it. <laughs> so, oh my god! So, oh, I, it's in contact. I stopped. I stopped. I stopped even doing the joke because I heard Dean Edwards one time, who is the nicest guy in the yeah. whole world. Dean's like one of my favorite people, and I heard him on I think it was Marin's podcast or something. He said, "When I hear a white comic say the N word on stage, he goes, the comic on one shoulder is going, that's funny. He goes, but the black guy on the other shoulder is going, go up there and punch him in the face. Yeah. And when I was like. If that upsets Dean Edwards, like just the, the nicest, fact that he's, most level-headed yeah, guy, then then that means it it's not worth the joke. <laughs> but it, that's what the part of it is like. Is it worth it? Is it worth the headache these days to even write super edgy when you can make a living and not and just be fun? Like you know what I mean? You mean yeah, but book. you know what the what I what annoys me? Like there was a thing after Villanova won the the championship. Like the the white kid on the team who scored thirty one points or whatever, who like won the game for them. They went back on his Twitter, and I guess he had oh. said he had used the N word and he used like anti-gay faggot and he used like and, and, and so so but he was quoting rap lyrics you yeah. know and so and then so Stephen A. Smith who's you know who's, who's supposed to be like says whatever he wants he was like I don't approve he goes don't go after this kid the day after he has the best night of his life but I don't approve what he's doing I'm like I go rappers you can't as a rapper you can't use the n-word and you know white kids are gonna use it and then and then the society's like they can't you know what I mean yeah like if I if I say fuck in front of my kids and they say fuck back that's just the way it is so you can't you (laughs) can't you can't throw the n-word at that's why i use it on my podcast because i mean it started as a joke with uh with skeevy wonder but but then but then it became like i'm like people go you can't do it you know people fans are like you you know don't so we try not to do it as much but also it's like you know you it's like it's irresponsible for these rats it's like such a double standard and that goes back to the black (laughs) comics where they like they have no basically no rules and and you know people could say I'm wrong, but compared to what white guys white guys can't say the n word. You yeah. can say and, and 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 but the fact that they, the the fact that rappers and record companies want you to buy these fucking rap records and they know white kids are gonna buy, but then you but then white you know girls at colleges can't you they, oh. they, they 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 there was a video with them using the n word and people flipped out. It's yeah. in the it's a fucking song. It's if in like a, song. If I sing Stairway to Heaven. You know, or, or a Rolling Stone song when I was growing up talking about doing drugs or whatever. It's like, it's just, it's just dumb. I know? wish I had, I, I watch uh, some black comics use the N word in their act and the N word's almost the punchline. Yeah. Like it's, it's just like, and it, and it just works so well. Like when they're just like using it colloquial, like, uh, uh, not colloquial, but like, uh, and I was like, sometimes you got to rob it. You know, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish I had a word like that. Like I wish there was a word yeah. that I had. Sammy that- J. Is that her name? Sammy J. She's like a writer. She's like a black lesbian, 
midget. No, she's like, she's a black <laughs> lesbian. So she went on before me at the comedy cellar. She tells this long story about, you know, uh, you know, the use of the M word. And, and so she saw two white guys fighting on, on YouTube, you know, and they were like, they were like, uh, she, and she heard her tell the story. She's like, I'm a, I'm a fuck you. Uh, yeah, I'm a knock you out, nigger. I'm a, and they're all both white, white guys are using the M word. Yeah. And then she goes, and then she said, the punchline was like, I want to see which nigger won the fight. <laughs> So then, so then I follow her, and the crowd. She didn't do great, so the crowd. It's late. The crowd's weird. So I go up. I go, I go. Yeah, I go. I'm still. I still want to know which nigger won the fight. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I did a callback to what she did, and then, uh, and, and then people were complaining. <laughs> like the staff, the staff was complaining. It was a callback. I've done it before. The staff, uh, uh, one of the, one of the N, one of the N word uh, waitresses. She complained, or no, no. Liz, Liz brings her over. She goes. She goes, Linda, do you have a problem with the M word? She goes, it's not my favorite word. I'm like, you work at a comedy club, so so I can't even use it as a callback. Yeah. It just it just gets to a point where it's the it's not depressing, but it's just dumb. It's dumb where you go, you, you know, you you can't say this. This guy can say it whatever. And it's a common fucking word. My kids, we take the train. Like people, you know, people out here, they don't deal with it because you're in your car. Yeah. But they're in 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 I'm, New York. I'm no, wondering. but in New York, you're shared experience. So my kids hear the N word all the time because all the fucking kids. When I get out of high school, black, white, Asian, they're all using the M word. So that's, they know. that's one of the things I have. A, I've talked about this before, but like, I I think it's like I'm not I'm not gonna say it. I'm, I don't I don't I don't like saying it. I don't like saying it for a litany of reasons. Mostly because I grew up in the South and where yeah. when, it, when I heard it, right, it was hate. something. It's it's a, yeah, it wasn't the way you hear it in New York. Where like we're like Fat Joe. I just showed a thing. Fat Joe's not African American, <laughs> and he uses it, and he got called out on a radio show and he was just he didn't give a fuck and so part of me goes if we're gonna make rules about it make it just black people make it just right, black people but you can't make right. it like Mexican kids at Georgia school but then what do you, what do you what they do you, all yeah. say it but yeah. then it's like what if you're only a quarter black do you get to use it or can you yeah, use yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. I say you can only use it half the time <laughs> if you're half black <laughs> like if, and, and when we start retiring like every word and I've heard people get really upset about this and saying we just don't use it but it, there are constantly new words like I was out with these girls in Las Vegas this week who are friends of mine and they work in human resources and they're like it's not African American anymore it's back to black it's back to black and I was like it is and they're like yes that's. well yeah that was but that was and a I, while ago because not every black person's African American right 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 but, but not is that why they changed it? But, yeah, but, yeah. Because you go to Miami and you're like, uh, you're an African American, sir. And the guy's like, I'm from Haiti, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> no, we, no, same thing. And he's anyway, like, no. get my bags well, either cause, way. Because <laughs> the one, the one girl I was with was a white girl from Africa, and she lives there, and she's like, I'm African American. Charlize Theron. And they did I'm that like, on SNL. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy Morgan was like, that was a really funny sketch. He's That's like, it. he's like, you, he's like, you're an African American. She's like, yeah. And he's like, you got a cool cigarette for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, but how many words do you retire? When yeah, but like I think word the, after word after word. Todd like, Glass had an interesting perspective on it. I was with him the other night, and he was saying um, it was just word. Like I, the reason I don't say the majority of words that we used to say growing up anymore is because I go, I guess if it just hurts someone's feelings, you might as well get rid of it. Like I don't need it. I don't need. Like uh, I had a joke about faggot, and I said. Uh, a faggot has matured like a fine wine because they took it away just a little too early. Yeah. So now when you hear it, you're like, oh, it's refreshing. You're like, oh, because we were overusing it right. like crazy As in college. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That was what that was our N-word. That was yeah. white guy's N-word. Was yeah. fag- like that is all you called your friends. Yeah, yeah. 
especially the gay ones. That's true. And if you were gay, you probably it, it probably was highly offensive to just hear faggot left and right. You know? Or at least to be what I've perceived is to be in the closet and to be in my fraternity and hear how much. Uh, your your sexuality was the point of that was the attack zone and then to be in the closet my little brother my little brother in the in the fraternity both of them were gay i had two little brothers in the fraternity both of them were gay maybe it's you maybe it's it's me and uh and i was like i wonder what that must i wonder how horrible you didn't find out till after yeah no yeah I, i was in new york city over by bryant park you should call them and ask and i see one of the guys name really and i see him and I go, oh my God, I'll just say Billy. That's not his name, Billy. And he was like, he saw, thought he saw a ghost and he froze. And I was like, and I was like, what's up? What are you doing in New York? And he was like, I'm gay. <laughs> and I went, I went, what? And he was like, I'm gay. And then I realized there's a Puerto Rican guy with his hand in his back pocket. Uh, and I was like, oh, I go, awesome, man. Like, I'm, I wanted yeah. to be like, hey, I also live in New York. I'm a little progressive. I'm not the guy that you knew in college. Yeah. I didn't hate gay people in college. I just didn't. I, I just, just said shitty shit yeah. about sexuality. Yeah. <clears throat> but then my same thing happened with the guy that sat next to me in high school. He sat next to me in high school all fucking four years and he was at my house shooting headshots and my roommate said you are you from tampa he's like yeah he goes uh where did you go to school and he's like jesuit and he goes are you serious he's like my roommate went to jesuit and he was like no way he was like yeah and as he did that i walked up the stairs and this guy saw me and he was like i'm gay and I was like, really? Yeah, but I, I think we all. Are you getting the impression up. Bert was like a gay basher? I wasn't a gay basher, but I said, <laughs> no, Bert's I just, a sweet guy. So that's I was the just thing, a like, regular guy. No, like, like even with, with like bad words, the M word, the F word, it's like, it's like if you, the crowd knows if you're like a dick, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like even when I said the M word that show, like they didn't, it didn't get to laugh, but the crowd was not good. So it, it, so they know, like they know, like if you're really fucking, like I don't hate black people, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't hate gay people, you know? Yeah. My wife, I mean, my wife's Hispanic. I started doing more jokes probably once I got married because I just knew I could kind of like if someone's like you're you racist, I go, I, I could just bring my wife out. Of course I couldn't. She wouldn't be there. But but I knew in my own head that I like I'm not racist because yeah. I don't judge people on like if they're black or whatever. But but I will say like in New York, black people totally they totally milk blackness. You know, like even even fucking I said, um, Jay Farrow. Jay, no, but I'm saying uses there whatever you can use to your opportunity. You okay, will yeah, use but it. I'm saying Jay Farrow. If Jay Farrow was white, he would have never like disrespect. He would never been like, can you move out of the way? It just would have never happened, you know. And if it was another black comic, he would have never done that. You know, he was basically using his blackness to be like, I'm cooler than you. Like, get the fuck. I'm like more famous than you. Get the fuck out Could of the way. The famousness. Yeah. So so, but but if you're on the train. And again, it goes back to the train because it's a shared experience. But if you're on the train and the guy, now the thing is the guy just plays his music uh, and without a headphone, you know, off his uh, white without, people without do his all phone. This shit too. No, they don't. They don't. Like you're just you're just being a cock. They don't. White people don't never do it. No, black people, black people, they do it, and no one says a fucking word. Uh, Skeevy, my new sidekick, Skeevy Wonder, he says it. He says he brings it up because he's blind. So was a black guy is not going to hit a blind guy. Yeah, but, but here yeah. I've said this, but they'll, about, but they'll fuck me up. I can't say if I'm with my kids, I don't say dick to anybody because I don't want to get beat up in front it's of my kids. It's socioeconomic. You know? You're not. Okay. Come on, have, you're not going to have on. a guy from Harvard, a black guy from Harvard, throwing around the N-word and pushing you out of the way. No, but I'm saying on the train, they know no one will... Because as soon as you say something to a black person, it becomes a, a racial incident. Not not a well-educated one. I'm not talking about well... How many black people are well, well-educated? <laughs> I'm talking a lot, about... A lot, a lot. 
I'm just being I'm just being ignorant like last night. No, I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying what I'm dealing with on the train. I'm not talking about like, well, this example. You know, like oh, yeah. That's because you're in New York, where predominantly there's a like. No, because I interact with people that I don't know. You don't. You 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 go we, to there is a you go bubble that Vons. we live in in L.A. There's no there's no African American homeowners in our like in our neighborhood. Yeah, and I realized that the other day, and I went, <laughs> God damn, how <man."> nice, <laughs> <laughs> how refreshing. I got I watched. I, I'm sure. Have you guys seen that documentary, The Problem with Apu? No. Yeah, I know oh, all about it. Is that yeah. the thing with yeah. uh with, with, with Simpsons? And, yeah, and no, I just saw it on the screen today. I got in a massive fight with Arch Barker about it. <laughs> Why? What, what did Arch not, say? Not not a fight. I just a discussion. I said, "Do you?" And he said, "I find it. I find it racist." The the Apu character. And I said, yeah, I, but I said it was thirty I said, years ago they I said he yeah. said, but Arch said I find some racist comedy funny. And we were talking about Archie Bunker and how funny Archie Bunker was, and because of his ignorance. And I said, and it boiled down. To, I said, so you like funny racist comedy, not unfunny. Because he was saying like how hack comedy, everyone makes fun of the Indian working at 7-Eleven. And I was like, yeah, it's just hack shitty comedy when yeah. it's, and th that's what the Simpsons were saying. They're like, we invented this character 30 years ago when it was funny and it was new and it was like, Indians were like a well, demographic a, coming to it. It is a cartoon. Everything's a caricature. I think the offensive thing, at least, I, I mean, the, my takeaway was that they were offended that they had a white guy doing it. Like, cause oh. that, that is the, that is the area, right? area. Yeah. yeah. And which is kind of fucked up. That's like, if you oh. booked a white guy to do a black guy's voice, you're happens. like, why wouldn't you just book a black guy? It happens yeah. all the time. They, yeah, but they, they the, one of the flavors. Bart Simpson is played by a woman, you know? Cause it, that, yeah. cause it, the, yeah. his and voice one never changed. One of the, the Outback Steakhouse commercials, the voice of it used to be one of the guys from Flight of the Concord. Like that's how dumb America was. They're like New Zealand, Australia, oh, yeah. you know, like let's just, just put them in there. It, it, you're playing a character. That's what acting is. Well, it's, it is. I mean, yeah, but it's also it was invented 30 years ago when they, when that wasn't even when that was progressive to have an Indian guy even on the show. You know, yeah. Even if it was like a little bit stereotypical, it was only stereotypical so, yeah, around the here. Simpsons like responded to it this week with their episode. Yeah, I saw and, it, and they that was kind of what they were saying. They're like, uh, this was a joke from like 30 years ago, and the fact that it's like it's like what this kid anybody says on their Twitter five years ago. You're not allowed to have grown from then. Yeah, the kid oh, said, the, "I should scrub my Twitter. I have no idea what." Oh, the kid said, well, the, "The basketball player said it when he was 14." Yeah, and you're held really? accountable for yeah, what and you it's did like, and then like, and people are like, well, he was, he didn't, he, it was a learning, it's a learning experience for him. Like, it's just, it's pathetic, you know. But how much do you really get in trouble when they do that? How much do you really get in trouble? I think it just makes you more famous. Yeah, but also everybody has to stay. Everybody has to give their to their, yeah, their yeah. opinion That's on. All like, it I think it's inappropriate for. I'm like he was quoting a rap lyric. Like but, he, he, yeah. But you then know? you go, how many people is that? Like, say, say, like, uh, say it, something goes viral online, like, uh, like on Twitter. And they're like fifteen thousand mentions. That's still just fifteen thousand people. That's not even a dent in a city, let alone the United yeah. States. So it's not like <clears throat> it's a no, I know. And plus, people get over it so quick anyway. So quick, they got another thing to be offended yeah, about. So. Ten minutes later, Let's it just sucks it. to go through it. I wouldn't want to go through it. I wouldn't like want to go through that shit. With, that, like what? Just like, like being the, called out for like oh yeah saying something really offensive that you're taken out of context. And well, Jimmy Kimmel, they're like they want his son dead and everything. Oh, that, that what? Scared, like, I mean, that's he, disgusting. Yeah, he the stuff he got in a fight with Hannity about like jokes he made and they went back and forth. He made and, jokes about uh, Melania. 
and about uh, her accent. And so people came after him, like threatening his his wife and his child. And he was like, "All right, the joke's over." Like the, when you're threatening my family, he went on his show and said that he basically did. He apologized. Well, he tweeted. I don't know. If, I, yeah, I didn't see the show, but he tweeted or he made. He apologized. A, to him. He did something where people like, yeah, people want my kid to die and. It's just, it's fucking pathetic. So even like even when the, I was getting people, when I got in a fight with Dave Landau, people people wanted me. Oh, I saw that. That was People great. wanted me. Uh, one guy threatened to kill me. He said, he goes, he goes, you talk a lot of shit. He goes, he goes, he goes, I'm going to come to your show. You won't be able to see me because the lights will be in your eyes. I'll be like, he's right. You can just shoot me. Yeah, I've had So this. I told a bouncer that the comedy cell, I go, I show him the tweet. I go, I don't think it's going to come to anything. <laughs> And then my, my wife's like, my wife's like, call the police. I go, you want me dead too, just for the life insurance. It could be you. But it's like, imagine if it's like, like you said, it's that it's like a millions of people jumping in, and you're like, this because people can find out where you live, and and yeah. it's just because you don't have any privacy. So easy they can and, find. And and so you, you just go like, fuck, I got to worry about my kids, you know? Yeah, dude, I had death threats. I did this innocuous thing called "What Will the Maid Think," where I. I I'd take the hotel room and put it up into like a funny kind of visual like uh, I don't know it's hard to explain like I'd leave my sneakers under the behind the curtain so you just saw feet sticking out of the curtain yeah or, or I leave like a, a sheet tied to the tied to the table draped out the window like I'd climbed out the window I'd yeah. leave the room like that it was yeah. just for it was for I it was when MySpace I think was on or it's right when Twitter started and uh, and then George Takei saw it and then put it on his Facebook and it went viral and then it like got huge George Takei the the guy yeah Star Trek. and he did it because he liked it or he was offended he just thought it was it. funny he thought it was funny yeah and then the Today Show talked about it and like it went it was huge no one mentioned my fucking name why because no one is, and tra I told Travel Channel I was like this is on they're talking about me on the Today Show let's try to someone call them and they're like it doesn't work like that fucking idiots and so anyway some people started sending death threats because some people, of course, whatever everyone finds funny, someone is a contrarian and goes to find out why it's yeah. offensive. And this guy sent a, a legit death threat saying, um, I hope you find it just as funny when you come home and you see what I've done to your family Jesus and how Christ. I've left them. And I was like, I was like, I can't believe people send that shit. Like they're not afraid. You're, the police are going to break down their door. And the police can't for do anything. They can't do anything. Why? I, I, I called. I sent it to everyone. I said, this is what happened. Well, can we do something about this? And like, sorry. I get them a like, lot. No, the fucked up part is they can, after he does something, they can find him. I got they, one they'll last. Use, I got they'll one. use yeah, yeah. that. They'll use his phone or whatever to find him after he does it. They'll they'll find his house in a second. Like that fucking, when when, they, when the, the shooter in Florida, they were at his parents' house in like minutes after it happened. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, so they, they, they can, after the fact, they can do, they oh, can yeah, find yeah. it. You know? I get them. Can't we? They're like we can't address every complaint that everybody has. You know? I don't. I don't take a stance on guns either way. I kind of make fun of both sides of the gun control argument. I make fun of the people that love their guns, and I make fun of the people that think they're going to take away the guns from the people that love their. And I go after them both. Like you're, but still, the gun people. I never ever in my act ever say I want to take away your guns or you shouldn't have guns. And they still. Just because I talk about it, I get threats like about like yeah they're trolling me last, now too because I because I've been trolling uh, them a little bit you know wait, what, you just, what happened I fuck with them like I fuck with anyone like I fuck with the people that are anti gun too and they 
still yeah, but the people, come the people after that you. anti guns don't really get upset. They just go, oh, okay, well, he's. They just write you off. But the people with, with guns, I made a joke one time. What's this fucking mosquito? Um, I made a joke one time about bow hunters on my first TV show about how there was no real skill involved. Not- <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see what we do to your family with my bow. Dude, it was it was hardcore. I had to make apology on air. No, you I, didn't. Yeah, well, this, I was 26, so they're like, you have to apologize. Who said that? The network. And so I went up and I was like, I apologize to the bow hunters. It wasn't bow, it was, oh uh, my it was God. archery in the Olympics. It was archery in the Olympics. I can't think of anything that would upset me that I'd want to threaten someone's No, because people think with the guns, that people think like, oh, these people have guns. They're going to come shoot me. But they're probably not. You no. know what I mean? They're, they're just probably using that. Not. They're using that like that that idle threat or whatever the word I'm looking for. They'll be like, oh, well, they, he's probably afraid of me because I might be crazy. One, t- one time I was really scared. When we used to do talking shit together, Jim used to ask guys, I don't know why, he would ask guys to send a picture of their mangina to us. Yeah. And he would say, right on your chest, Jim and Eddie. And I, I don't know why. I was like, why don't you ask girls to send us their real vaginas? Yeah. And so they would send it and Jim would like every day to like yell from his bedroom. He's like, we got another one. And he'd say, so one day he comes running in my room. He goes, holy fuck. Look at this. And it's a guy. All the guys would cut off their head. They would just like would take a picture like neck down of their mangina and would say Jim and Eddie. This one was a picture of a guy standing completely naked in a hallway with his dick and balls tucked back. And he's holding in both arms an AR-15. And he's showing his face. And it just says on his chest, kill Jason. Our our sidekick on our show. And Jason was like, this isn't funny, guys. And we're like... No, it's not like. But this. Jim's got to get a lot of. Wait, wait. Shit. So then I said to the, I we talked about it on the show, and I go, the funny part about this whole thing is that this guy had to have his, like, who's his friend that like stood there while he got naked, put his dick on, yeah. and the guy wrote back to us, and he goes, "That was a tripod. Do I look like the kind of guy that has friends?" <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jim's got to get a lot of shit because he of of his anti guns because he's the new spokesperson for the liberal left. Yeah, that's no, they they don't they don't take it whatever. Even at Kumi, everyone's fucking like seriously pro gun. So like fans are they're saying they should fire me. I'm like fire me. It'd be the best thing that ever happened to me <laughs> no, because it's a free speech. They say right on the door it's free speech network. So yeah. they they fire yeah. me because I fucking said have something. an opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's like ridiculous. Plus, I already have my other show, um, Misery Loves Company. I'll do a plug now because <laughs> no, people think when I let when I went over there, I let I left Misery Loves Company, but I didn't. You know, and that's at Riotcast. No, it's not at Riotcast. But I, I got Riotcast fired me because because I was going I was doing going to do a show one day a week at Kumia and they just fired me so what? then I just kept misery loves company but I just do it on my own you know I just because it, it's you, you know I the guy it's not complicated to fucking put a show up <laughs> yeah. I mean it is I can't do it but the, uh, Adam does it you know <laughs> so I do one day a week at Kumia and then I do misery loves and that's burning bridge I do one day a week misery loves company so if I get fired at Kumia I'll be like I'll just I still have my other show you know yeah. But it would be, it would be, you know, they, they, they just, they're just fucking bullies. And then you just get, you know, whatever. And then you just get fucking sick of it, you know? And I'm, I'm worried about my kids being fucking murdered. I, I, that's where I would draw the line and I'd be like, you motherfuckers are like threatening my kids. That's, that's. No, I'm that's worried why, about my kids. Not murdered guns. by them. I'm worried about a guy fucking going to my school. That's why, you know, I'm against uh, oh, a, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. guy having yeah. an AR-15 yeah. and going yeah. to a What's not going to happen in New York? 
that's what people say, but you know, you're probably right. You it's, know? it's just too hard to get anywhere. a gun in New York. Yeah, like it's it's really so. Like, Plus I, you can't even show up in your own car. You'd have stop. to take an Uber with an AR-15. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you can't find parking. You yeah, you parking. can't find parking. <laughs> You'd be like, I gotta go around the block five times. <laughs> I want to swing around, wait for the street sweeper to finish, and then you don't want to park in a loading zone. Yeah. I wanted to see how hard. They'll it was tell to your get car you're inside. Yeah. So I, I wanted to see how hard it was to get a gun. So I went out and just tried to buy a gun. And it, here or here, here, Florida? in here, this is the toughest state to get a gun in at California, New York and New Jersey are like right behind it, but it's, it's hard as shit to get a gun. You got to wait 10 days and no, you definitely can't this get, state. there's only, yeah. In, in this, this state. state. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends was just telling me he went to Louisiana and uh, he just like walked into a gun show and they gave him like a piece of paper to fill out and it was like a background check and he like filled it out and they're like, thanks. And they took the piece of paper and then they handed him the gun. Yeah, like, no. Like it's crazy because even with well, the YouTube lady, I mean, she. the thing is these people think, oh, these people are so crazy. But they know, they, they're not crazy. They know how to get a gun. They, they'll yeah. wait it out. Yeah. So we, we Skeevy was going was gonna to be in Florida. Brian McCarthy, he's my new sidekick. He's blind. He's like Party legally blind. blind. He's friends with those guys. That's how I met him through these guys. But, but uh, he was going to go down. And uh, he went to a gun shop, and they were they were like, he's blind, he's legally blind, and they I think he can still buy a gun. No, you can't. You have to have, if he has a Florida license, maybe, maybe. But I think he was going to be in either Florida or Georgia, and he couldn't he couldn't get anyone to tape it. But the guy's like, so I, again, they they say like they don't want I don't want to fucking harp on guns, but they always say you know uh, well he, they the gun owner shouldn't say it's like they they're in business. To make money. Oh yeah. So if a guy wants to buy a gun, they're going to sell him a gun unless the guy's obviously going like, "I'm going to use this to shoot like 20 people." It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't behoove them to not sell guns. Right. So if he if a guy's blind and, and he can like he's not obviously he don't have a dog he just has a stick will the guy sell him a gun? I don't know. It's a fucking. But then you could say, why can't a guy a blind guy have? Yeah, a I gun? didn't take a vision test when I got my guns. You did or didn't? I didn't. I didn't. You got a gun here? Oh, I take that back. Well, I, you have to take a test. So if you can't see to take the test, then you're not going to be able to get oh, the gun. Okay. Yeah, here, got, here. They got two guns. Oh, okay. I, I really enjoy them. Why'd you get them? <laughs> just, do you like shooting practice? No, I just, I just, I wanted to see if I could get a gun and I went through the process and I was like, well, fuck, I'm already here. I think you just like to spend money. No, why that too. Where but, are you? They're in the, in no, the you property? Go you want to go, go get it? No. no. I hate that. <laughs> I don't trust myself. Yeah, me neither. Like, I'm like with a gun, like when I'm at a, like it a, feels a so high. Good. Uh, if like there was a, a gun height, in my house, someone would. I'm like, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. Because yeah. a part of me is like, jump, yeah. jump. There's no bullets in it. It just yeah, feels good in no, your hand. It no. feels but it's totally hand. well. Well, it's completely away from from anything, right? People your do dog, this, or your kids. People, it's people, next to my bed. People, it do, is. Yeah. But where it's not loaded. <laughs> no. So it's just for a threat. It's no, just no, for. No, I have the clip. I just put the clip in if I wanted to kill somebody. Put the clip somewhere else. Yeah. So that it's like a one-two step. By the way, there are people losing their minds right now. The irresponsibility of me with my gun. Here's the worst part: is my gun has a flashlight on it. So I use that as a no, flashlight. No. Oh, it's fucking. You know your your you kids know, know that it's that. My kids would. Ne my kids would never go near. They, we've had. My wife has a gun, and she <laughs> sounds like date night. Yeah, <laughs> and she, my kids are not those kids. They're not that that kind of kid that would go and go through your cabinet and. Pull no, but your they gun know out. you have them, and they know they're yeah, they not know to touch them. them. Yeah. Do you know Earl Skakel? 
Yeah. Yeah. Earl was telling me he grew up, his family, you know, the Skagel family, they're, they're a little strange. They, uh, he, you know who that is, right? I know the name. The Earl Kennedy, Skakel Kennedy is Skakel. a comic here and his family is the Skakels, the Kennedys. Oh, okay. So he, he, uh, good I'm, comic. Yeah. yeah he's great. a great guy. And, uh, you'd love him. You, you would, would really love him. Love him. Right. You would really yeah, love him. As a comic or as a person? Everything. Everything. Oh. He and, used to be He used to be on uh, the roast, when they do the roast battles. He was the house racist. <laughs> he played a he played a character, which was a hot, like two people from out of town, him and this woman, two people from out of town from like Connecticut, wealthy, who did not like people of color and, and were very adamant about that. Yeah. And it was, it was hilarious yeah. it was so it was the funniest part of the yeah, show it was consistently the show. but they would cut to them he's no, a no, heckler. no 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 he's a heckler in the crowd it he was, just comments it was on he, the show he was it, the roast battle used to be just done in the belly room yeah. and that was it and then when they sold it to comedy central i think they tried having him first year when they did it at Montreal and it, in Canada it just did not play well. well wait, he so would they just yell him, out from the audience? Yeah. He would yell out. Yeah, so then cool. they put him on the roast battle and he ended up beating Jimmy Carr and, yeah. in Comedy Central and I heard they were a little upset about like they wanted Jimmy Carr to go really far and he knocked him out because he's really good. But He's great at roasting. He's yeah. just a really quick guy. He grew yeah. up in like a crazy fucking household. On my podcast he told two stories that blew me away. One, he goes, he goes I'm amazed I'm alive. He goes, I, I can't tell you how many times I had a loaded gun in my mouth he goes we had so many guns in our house just floating around everywhere and we just played with them yeah. and and i'm like you put it in your mouth he goes oh like so many times and then Ooh, i haven't done that with my gun and then he told me another story the fucked up story he told me to see what Don't it tastes it, like no, no 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 i'm not gonna do it but i just like now that you say that i was like that never once occurred to me just to put oh. a gun in your mouth like i would never think to do that i'm not doing it my flashlight would make it too big to get it in my mouth no, I could. Sometimes I like fantasize about like if I was going to kill myself. I but I can't. Then I'm like a gun in my mouth. Yeah. I'd just be like, I wouldn't ah. shoot myself. Yeah, it's just, I'd overdose. A, sh- a gun shot would be pretty good though. You'd be out like that. Yeah, but it must feel fucking crazy when at first when you fucking pull the trigger like Ooh. this. I bet it. I bet I'll tell you what. I bet it stops all the bad shit immediately. All the bad thoughts. Like it's all. I mean, if you get to a point where you're about to, ki- where you're going to kill yourself, you're in a pretty yeah. bad place. You don't. Boom. I would never jump off a bridge. No, because you have about three seconds going down of like, what have I done? Yeah, yeah. I would never jump off a bridge. I would, my buddy hung himself. Some Australian comedian, I forget his name, used to have a great joke about, he's like, what if you, what if you go to kill yourself and you jump off a bridge and about halfway down, you find out that you have a newfound love of skydiving that you want to live for. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I never, I never even. Yeah, even th- hanging yourself, I could never do that. Just, yeah, because then you'd be like, "Wow, I, I, I would have liked to jerk off like this." No, but who's gonna find you? Like, yeah, uh, maid, know. maid. You, I mean, you, know, I you admit do it that, in a hotel. And my buddy did it in a hotel, and the maid found him. How about the guy in Malibu that? Uh, do you leave a tip? Some guy in Malibu rented a helicopter. That's a rented a helicopter. Went up in a helicopter like sightseeing, and then he's like, "Yeah, go over here." And he got the, he, he said, "Can you go up higher? Can you go up higher? Can you go up higher?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, why do you want to go up higher?" And he just kept going up higher. And the pilot looks back, and the guy's unstrapping himself and trying to jump out. And so the pilot tried to grab him, and the guy just fucking like shook out of his thing and just jumped out. See, yeah. that's irresponsible because like, you heard that you're guy. over someone's house. Well, yeah. no, he's and out. In, fuck he, was up out my he was over the ocean. Pavers. He was over the ocean. No, I always say I, I couldn't kill myself because my wife's such a slob. She would like botch the fucking cleanup. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't fucking. 
if it was a bloody mess. Oh, whatever. I'd never cut my wrists. Oh, never. Yeah, I couldn't do oh, that no. either. Tony, uh, Tony Clifton, dude, whatever his name is. Um, well, I can't remember his name. You know, the guy that plays Tony Clifton? Yeah. yeah. He was on my podcast, and he was telling us. He, he actually had us cut it out, but so I shouldn't be talking about it, but I don't give a shit. He was saying that um, Robin Williams was an autoerotic asphyxiation, that it wasn't. He, oh, really? Well, he, that's allegedly. He, I, I, I mean, he he, that, it was his opinion. Oh, it was his and opinion. He's just known him for This guy, start, Bob Zamuda, he did uh, HBO Comic Relief, and he was just like, why would he kill himself? And I'm like, he had like advanced parkinson's that's why you kill yourself you don't want to go through that and uh Ugh. he's like no robin was too much of a narcissist to kill himself he's like he just i wish yeah, I, I just couldn't kill myself because then so many people be like i knew that was coming oh you can't like, kill yourself too much. Yeah, like neil no would way. be like see <laughs> see what i was dealing with all this time yeah like it would just be too easy for everybody you know? somebody told me to listen to neil on paul gilmartin's podcast that uh Paul Gilmartin has a podcast about like mental illness. Yeah, like, he's what, depressed too, right? Yeah, he's like yeah. a depressed. Neil's guy. taking some big strides in trying to fix it. But like, he said he said it's like a really good podcast. Or it was my manager was telling me she's like Neil was amazing on it. <laughs> that's what that's what I liked about his. I mean, not to talk about Neil, but what I liked about his three mic special was the open honest part i was like oh that's cool I, I, part of me was like i get rid of the one-liners and just combine what you're the honest shit with the other stuff and then i, I would have fucking but i liked the podcast i liked the special on the show. kevin what'd but, you think of three mics he went and sneaked in and watched it from you watched now, it behind a pole yeah no because um <laughs> are you serious no because i he was in new york doing it yeah and then uh so i went i went kind of for the podcast you know i wanted because I, I figure like i don't want to talk shit about the guy and not see the show so I, I didn't sneak in, but I paid with cash because I didn't. I thought I might be on like a no fly list, yeah. That to not let this guy in. So I paid the guy with cash, and then he goes, "Uh, uh, what's your what's your email?" No, he asked me like my email, and then he goes, "What's your name?" So I'm like, "Why does he need my name if I'm giving cash?" So I go, yeah. "Kevin Wilson." Like I like did it all awkward. <laughs> Kevin Wilson. Kevin Bloody Wilson. So uh. So then I went to see it and, uh, it, you know, whatever. I mean, he, you know, I don't know uh, the stuff about my dad. A lot of that was just comp his like sto narrative on that. You know, my, my dad would have had a totally different fucking take on it. Yeah. But Neil was playing the victim, you know, and, and he's like, he's, he's saying he was depressed and he was the youngest of 10. So he had it pretty, he had it better than, you know, the youngest have it better than the, than the people in the middle. Are all 10 still around? Yeah, they're all alive. Yeah. Do you talk to all ten of no. them? No. I mean, nine of them. No, I don't talk to them. Ten. No, you talk to like one or two. Really? You know? Yeah. You don't. You don't keep in touch with them. I got five. I talk well, to all. You don't. Well, I you talk to like, four. Like my, my uncle. My uncles are one of ten. And yeah, the Hobsons, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're all they like they all come together all the time. Yeah, but that's a beautiful thing. How do but you it's know? Not that common, How do you know his think. family? They just they so they were in the town. They 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 it was it your grandfather the doctor? Yeah, yeah. He was like a legendary guy, and then he he where I caddied, he he had a big house right at on the first oh, fairway. Yeah. yeah, right he, on the first fairway, he had a big house right up. Yeah, he had a big house like fucking acres and like a ten bedroom mansion. Yeah, it was gigantic. What golf course? St. David's. St. David's. And okay. Right across the street from uh, Valley from Forge. Valley Forge Military, military. Academy. That's when I, I started stand up, <laughs> I. The only person I knew was David Wayne uh, from Stella, from the uh, in the state. Remember them? Yeah. How'd you know yeah. him? And I met him in Greece, and he was like, 
He was like, uh, you should, you know, if you want to be stand-up, you got to move to New York, you got to get on stage, you got to write. I was like, great. And then I, my uncle David called me and he goes, Kevin Brennan's a stand-up. He goes, the Brennans live across the street from Johnny. My uh, my uncle lived in Leonard Toos's old house. Leonard Toos. Leonard Toos's old house. They go, they live across the street from Johnny. Uh, and uh, and Kevin Brennan's a stand-up. Go up, introduce yourself, tell him you, you're a cousin with the your nephew of the Hobsons, and tell and he'll he'll help you out. And I was by the way, no one reached yeah, out to you. He'll help like, you. No one reached out to you. So the first show I go to is at the cellar, and I because Kevin's there, so I want to meet Kevin. So I go and I sit in the front row with a girl, and Kevin goes, "So what do you do?" And I said, "I'm a comedian." And you go and you're sitting in an audience. This is turning out real good for you, huh? <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck!" Such a hack. So then I then I I see him after, and I said, "Hey, I'm." Uh, uh, Kreischer, I'm, oh, my uncle's da- David Hobson and you know the Hobsons and you were like yeah 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 and you're like I-, I can't talk right now so then you you left or you said I can't talk right now I gotta go to this party at uh, at what was the name Catch a Rising Star they're closing you should oh, go oh yeah there. I remember that yeah. so I go to Catch a Rising Star with this girl the girl leaves and I'm just looking for Kevin. I'm just looking to have a conversation with Kevin. And I go over to the bar and I'm like, hey, Kevin, it's, I'm Bert. And you're like, now okay. Now I kind of remember that. Now I kind of remember that. You're like, you're like okay. Like, Holy shit, this you're guy's like, I don't know if I can help you. I don't know what to do. You just got to go to open mics. You got to get on stage or whatever. And then you go, hang on. Actually, you know who can help you? This guy. This guy can tell you everything you need to know. And you're like, Bert, this is Dave Attell. And Attell was like, uh, <laughs> quit while you're ahead, kid. Yeah, was this a Catch a Rising Star? Yeah, the closing party. On so Street, I, right? that's yeah. that's the night I met you. Yeah, and Kevin was like, I looked at you like, who the fuck is this guy? And somebody, I think Kevin might have even said to me, he goes, "This is the guy that was in Rolling Stone magazine. This is the biggest party of the year." And I had read about you. I remember yeah. reading. I've told this story a million times. And you're like, at the end of the article, because I was like, oh, who's this fucking guy? I think he is. And at the end of the article, you go, and he plans on moving to New York City to be a stand-up comedian. And I was, I was a comedian already. I was like, yeah, good luck, dude. Good luck. Yeah, I thought you're gonna die <laughs> once I once I heard what your story was because I just thought. You were just going to die, you know, <laughs> from just drinking. So, you know. But I remember him at the bar and it's like all these veteran comics. So when you're a young comic, you're always like watching everything you do. Well, and Bert's I hear Bert, like I hear Bert at the bar. Anyway. I hear Bert at the bar going, somebody get me a fucking drink. <laughs> and Kevin's giggling at you. And I was like. At catch? I, yeah, I catch. That, that final night. That final night was crazy. Wow. I wish I could go back with. I wish I had a video of it so I could go back and go, oh shit, I was standing next to. Like uh, only yeah. people I knew in comedy, I hosted you, that and night. you introduced me to David Tell. I hosted that night. I swear it was like it was like the uh, other than me, it was like the all stars of comedy. Like there was fucking everyone was on it, and that club never had like a big audience, but it had like the best comics on every show. And I'm like, how do they? Aff- yeah, but it wasn't around. It wasn't around very long. No, but it was it was fun. Jordan and, Ruma came up to me one Jordan time Ruma, and he I says, talked to him in forever. He goes, uh, he goes, hey, I'm trying. He wanted some advice, and I go. Um, he go, I go, I, I can't help you. I go, I can't even help myself. So <laughs> I go, go talk to fucking Liv Schultz. So <laughs> they became best friends. So yeah, yeah they, and then, did, they did. And then he, and then next thing I know, he's like, he's out here. He's a director. <laughs> he's a director now? So I yeah. gave him good advice. I gave him yeah. good advice. I go, he made Zombievers. I go, Je- I go, Jeff, uh, Je- his name's Jeff Ross now. I go, Jeff Ross can help you. And, you know, I figure with the Jewish connection, not to be anti-Semitic, but. So Jordan Rubin one night, this is when he had that, I don't know if you ever went to that loft he had in Soho. I go with these three girls from Florida State, they're all models, right? We go down to his party 
and I just assumed everyone went at the speed I went. And like Simon Rex is there. It was just like this insane loft party. And I go to Jordan, who I barely know. I go, hey, man, I'm with these girls. Do you mind if we get high in your bedroom? And he's like, no, not at all. And I was like, okay. So we go into his bedroom. He follows us. I don't realize he's following us. I take his mirror off the wall. I put it on the bed. And we put coke. And you still don't know he's there? I don't, and Jordan goes, oh, my God, you're doing cocaine? And I was, and I was like, yeah, you think we were going to smoke a joint in your bedroom? I was so blown away that he would think we'd go to, into his bedroom to get high. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I've, I've never seen cocaine. And I was like, are you being serious? And he was like, you guys are doing cocaine right now. And we're like, yeah, that's we're fucking grown up. Hot girls, cocaine. Yeah, yeah what the you fuck? Get but I remember that so vividly, and I was like, oh, I think I might have just fucked up my career because, like, I was like, oh, he'll tell everyone I do coke, and then that ended up working my benefit when, for a when's while. A, when's the time? <laughs> did you? Funny. How much coke did you do? Not a lot, just a little. Yeah. When's the time when you thought more than anything you you've totally destroyed your career? Oh. Want to go around the room? Yeah, I have. To, I have to think. Yeah, but you, you're. Because I never thought I even had like. Well, I mean, like even in the beginning, didn't you think oh, like? I'll tell, oh, I'll I'll tell one. I was. I was at. I was at uh, SNL. I did one year at SNL. <laughs> I remember you know? that. I remember you coming out to Boston to work on the joke. Oh yeah, were yeah. you there then? Oh yeah, I was working the door. Uh, oh, you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See the flyer behind you, the Boston Comedy Club flyer. I used L- to you worked the door. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got a deal from Will Smith working the door after six months. My neighbor. He came what? in. What? Yeah. Oh, no, because I remember I heard about the deal, and I was like, he got the deal from the door? I thought I he got w- the deal from the article. No, the article was out, and then Time Out New York wanted to write. They were doing Tuesdays where they'd profile a comic, and they came down, and they saw I was, since I worked the fucking doors, me and Louis Schaefer were the only ones, so I was like, Anyone that from fucking NYU, I was like, yeah, you, they don't check IDs. And they're like, they don't? I was like, I'm the guy checking IDs. We don't check IDs. I was like, just go in there and start There was drinking. a 14-year-old in there one time when, <laughs> a, when the club first opened. 14. Oh. Bear, Barry goes, but they're hot. I'm like, oh, my God. Dude, I, and so all these NYU kids, I'd go up on the end of the night right before Godfrey, and they loved me because I got them in to drink for free. Yeah. And they just loved me. And so, so you kill. This kid I'd murdered. So this kid from, this guy from uh, Time Out New York wrote an article about how I've parlayed my success into this. Barry reads it on a Tuesday, calls David Tochterman on a Thursday, meets me on Wednesday, calls Barry David Tochterman on Thursday. Friday night, They Barry comes up to me, he goes, you pick your spot in the night. First weekend I've ever done. Pick your spot. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to follow? And DC Benny was was always could set the room up perfectly. Yeah. Like I love the he way he did does. that. He still does. He still does. He was he's a great comic. He yeah. just has an album that came out, Ten Stories. Go get it on iTunes. He um and so I want to go, I want to go after DC. DC goes up, I tell my I do seven minutes. And I walked to the bathroom and David Tochterman walked into the bathroom. He's like, you'll be getting an offer from us. And then Monday I had a six figure deal. Wow. And, and I was still working the fucking door. Set, wow. Yeah. Seven minutes at Boston Comedy. Seven minutes. And I was like, I was like, this business is awesome. That's it like was. faster than chicken. It's as fast, by the way. Faster. Chicken, it's as fast. But it chicken had to go to Montreal, right? Yeah. Chicken yeah. went to Montreal. That's faster. Chicken's the man. I would like. I would like to. I'd like. To, I'd pay money to see a documentary on chicken. Yeah, yeah it amazing. would be a good story. So anyway, so I'm at. A, I'm. I'm. I'm at SNL. I did like one. I did one thing on air. It. W- it went well. So then, but that was March. So now it's like they're running out of weeks, you know. And they're like, you know, try to get. Try to get on air again. So then I get on air again. It's like the third to last week. 
third to the last show, you know, and it didn't go as good. So now I'm like, fuck. So, so uh, then I was hearing rumors that like, you know, I'm not going to be asked back oh. because so I'm like, so then I go, so you think who was like, who had been there a while and he was, I'm, I was friends with him before I worked there. So uh, I asked him what I should do. He goes, go talk to Lorne. So uh, I'm go, so I'm at, I'm like, I'm waiting to talk to Lorne. I'm in my office or whatever. I was t- I talked to Colin. Colin's like, yeah, it's not looking good for you. <laughs> I love, so, I love uh, that Colin would so just. So st- my my nose starts bleeding, like just randomly, like like it was almost like I was on a fucking plane and there was like high altitude and I was like like my body was like you're not ready for this shit. Like <laughs> literally, it never happened again. Where my nose just fucking started bleeding. And I was like, what the fuck? And I talked to Lauren. Lauren's like, yeah, you're fine. You'll be, you'll be back next year. And <laughs> you weren't? No. No, because what, what happened was it, everyone was supposed to come back. You know, like like I was supposed to like maybe be groomed to take over update for Colin, you know, but then the, the last show, and then I talked to Lauren before the last show, and the last show went so bad. The last update went so bad. It was just, it just, it just didn't. It, it was like it was flat. Did Fallon follow him at update? <clears throat> yeah. So, 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 but all that's when all the, you know, all the NBC execs are there for the for the party and for the last show. Yeah. And it went so bad that they were like, we're with Colin was like, it was done, and then and then they were like, then they let me audition for update, but I knew I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to get it. Cause I wasn't even ready. I mean, I was getting fucking nosebleeds with bad news, you know, so, but it is stressful. Yeah, I don't think it didn't come oh, back. Oh my God. God. Yeah. Like I'm doing, I do a joke on updated bombs. And I start my nose. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fucking like you That's think your, you, you think you can handle that, shit. Like when I, the first time I did Letterman, speaking of your Letterman, first time I did Letterman, I'm staring commercial. <laughs> they're in commercial and you know, and I'm standing in the fucking wings and I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm telling myself, like, what happened to you in high school that you had to do this to yourself? Like, I'm literally like, <laughs> the anxiety levels like at a fucking at twelve because I'm like, you're gonna go out there, it's gonna be a fucking disaster, and it's just like it was fine when I got out there, you know? It's yeah. almost that, like, is that when you put your arms out like Jesus? Yeah, like it was, a, it was a <laughs> weird. Like it wasn't, even, it wasn't even a good, it wasn't even a good set. Like I thought I fucking killed when I watched. It. I was like, what the fuck was I doing? You know? Like I had like a, I did something stupid at the beginning. He walked out and he did like, like you know when you like no it was like a callback to something else earlier in the show Gavin McLeod did something and I did it as a callback and people were like I thought it'd be funny if I did it as a callback I'm a fucking idiot somebody told me once they said to Kevin hey do you have any advice I'm doing Letterman you said yeah don't stand up there like Jesus Yeah, no, it was just I was just dumb. Like it's I really, that that walk out on Letterman is really bizarre. No, it's crazy because you've seen so many people do it. Yeah, and now you go, you're doing it. Yeah, and then you go. What's that? <laughs> I go, can't relate. Oh yeah, I, I asked I asked Eddie Brill one time after he was on the show. I go, I go, how come you never asked me to Letterman? He goes, you never asked me. He's like, you never submitted. I submitted to Eddie Brill, <laughs> and he was he said, I, you'll probably never get on. And then when I got on. I got he was on still there? panel. Yeah, he was still there. And he was like, uh, it was really bizarre because he was like, I knew this would happen. I was like, oh, what? You're the one that told me I'd never get on this show. <laughs> oh, I know. It's so, yeah, when, when Zach, Zach was, uh, he was at Stand Up New York. I just love how I was so disrespectful to everybody. Now everyone's like so far ahead of me. But Zach was, uh, he was. At least you're consistent. Yeah. So he was, he was doing his warm up for Letterman. So I go, I go, you're doing Letterman? And he goes, well, uh, Janine Garofalo is filling in for Letterman. I guess that was when he had his heart attack or whatever. Yeah. And I go, ah, that makes sense. <laughs> <'Cause> she, <laughs> 
she could pick who she wanted i guess she approved yeah. them so they didn't need natural than the normal protocol but now i'm like he's in fucking movies and everything yes. and i did a gig with him like 10 years ago and i just did my hbo thing i was like i thought i was like doing okay yeah. and he was and, he, and i was i was going on first it was out of college and he basically was like just had no regard for me and i was like he was we used to day we one. used to hang out we used to hang out <laughs> like after stand-up new york shows we used to hang out and get drunk and now yeah. he's like he was with his girlfriend so i'm like oh okay so wait do you remember i remember this i just remembered this so there was a point when you were working with frosty and I was working with Frosty. Yeah. And this is probably nine years ago. And and Frosty and me and you got on a phone call about possibly me and you co-headlining, doing a tour together. And uh, No, I don't remember at all. So you get, you get, Frosty's got me on the phone. He's like, let's get Kevin on the phone. Let's see if we can figure something out. And he gets you on the phone and then Frosty clicks back and forth and I just hear you going, I'm not going on the road with that guy. No and, way. <laughs> And then, no way! I, then I always Frost, want to go on a road. I'll go on a road with Neil. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and then Frosty goes, "Hold on, Bert. I'm going to call you back." <laughs> I was like, "All right." It couldn't have been. It couldn't have been. It was, I was doing. Kevin, that's totally. I was doing you. improvs. I was doing improvs and uh, funny bones. Like I was doing the full tour. Yeah, but I, that's what I wanted to do. I still want to do it. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was a uh, me and you co-headlining tour, which is such a weird pairing. Like, yeah, but it's you, not that weird because we're different. You I know? do. Oh, I do it now. But like back then, who would come to like someone so that you, would like you're not, me? You're not just remembering; you know that happened. You oh, know I know that happened. Fact. I'll call. Yeah, Frosty wow. tried. To, Frosty tried to put put us as a pairing. It's so weird that tour. I would be like act like I didn't because I was always trying to get fucking I think road it was work. Right after, I think it was right out after your. How we? How did you not? How could you not just go on the road as much as you want? Because I might might you know people used to say to me uh, uh, like I, uh, this Peter Bales guy. He his he's a comic and he Long Island guy. He his son worked at like brokerage or whatever you know one of the or governors out there yeah and his his he peter bales is like why are you in the city so much because my son says you kill out at governors i go yeah but my act don't travel it just doesn't travel like when i go to fucking nashville i have like three jokes you know what i mean like like now it's better because i'm married and i have kids so those jokes work <laughs> yeah. but back then I, I did my fucking i did an hbo half hour I, it, it did well then i go to the pittsburgh improv which is not i drove there it's That's not even a hard fucking club, farm <laughs> and i just ate my dick like Every, i ate my dick and i know everybody eats God, their dick in pittsburgh no but it's like amazing i'm like i still suck like i was amazed at how wait a minute i would do cry to do like crowd work you do, i do half crowd work you do like four times a year at go bananas in cincinnati not anymore because i he we got into a, a little tip <laughs> so but i was like i was always amazed to how my act didn't travel amazed like a guy like you it's like you're you're you know like i would watch a tell and like even it is as new york a tell as a tell is he would still talk about like like drinking and fucking yeah. so that plays you know and i i couldn't i had no i well, didn't I think, drink you i think know? that's the thing that plays on that does play on the road i remember when i did i did a weekend somewhere with the tell in Miami and I remember him saying they're not going to watch your stand up but they definitely count how many drinks you sold and I was like really he's like you can pro I can promise you put a, a club on yeah it. so he's yeah. like if, so if you have a drinking crowd you'll probably work yeah and I was like I remember that stuck in my head to a flaw like now it's like gotten to a place where I'm like I, I gotta fucking revamp my fucking brand <laughs> no it's true but it's like my my I was always I would always go crazy that my act didn't fucking travel like is it, even when I felt like when I was really confident yeah it was still like it didn't matter but they like, used they to tell me they used to tell me at go bananas because that was the one club where you and I yeah because that was work. easy because they, the crowd was right on you can do crowd work and the, and and I did well there but but any room that's big like a big sprawling room yeah. like 
I went to Chicago Improv. I'm like, are you guys serious with this shit? There was like, there was, it was like a hockey arena. There was like, there was like people were being at one at one level. They're they're not even in the room. It's like a it's like they're it's in a, a bar. They're, they're in it's, a suite and they watch I off the TV. I, I go, can't believe I, I got to fucking interact with the crowd. Like, I, can't I can't believe people buy tickets to go see comedy in a place bigger than 200 seats. No, but like they don't I, know. People when I go and sit like in the back of a theater and watch like a friend's show or something, I'm like, wow, how can they, who, th- this experience when especially like, I love when like some, some big name plays LA and they play a theater and I'm like, or New York and you're like, you know any Tuesday you can just go see them at some yeah. like shitty club. No, but here's my problem. It's like, I'm so, I was so ruined by like the, the small clubs at like, you know, even if I'm when I would go on the road, I'd be like, "Why is the guy not walking by to go to the bathroom?" You know, so <laughs> so when you work the cellar or Boston, you you like if you if you're if you're in a rut, you just go, "Hey, nice, who'd you blow to get that shirt?" Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you get a laugh, and you and you, that's a good job. But if I'm just up there, when I was at the Chicago Empire or whatever, I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like I, I it's me the whole time. Yeah, you know, then you got to be that Sebastian guy where you got to act out shit, and you got to be like, have fucking like, uh, like I, I, I have no problem with Sebastian. I don't even know the guy, and but I know people love him. But it's like, but I watch the it like Dice I watch, doesn't. No, when I watch his clip, I'm like, this guy's like, he acts out everything. Like if yeah. I if I start moving too much, I forget what I'm gonna say. I'm an idiot. I'll get a fucking nosebleed. Like I literally forget what I'm gonna say. If I have a new joke, if I'm moving, if I distract myself, I'll say the joke wrong. <laughs> I mean, like I've done. I did my first like Letterman audition, or I was like, no, I was an evening uh, at the Improv. Bud came to New York, and we we I auditioned at the Improv yeah. in New York, and uh, I did a joke that I'd done, and I just I did it wrong. I just set it up wrong or whatever, and I taped it. So I, I when I did, I was like, ah, oh, that kind of didn't get a laugh. Then I listen. And I, I'm like, I did the fucking joke wrong. And then I, I asked, I asked my girlfriend. I think she worked there. I go, why didn't you say I did? She goes, I don't know. Yeah. You know, they don't want to fucking be the bearer yeah. of bad news. But like, I'm an idiot. Like, I'm not that good at this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm a good. I can. I, I'm not like when, whenever I'm taken out of my. When I went to Australia, I was like, kill me. He was doing kill really, me he, like he, for real. Because like, I, I lost so many references and he, like he I didn't. was just he eating didn't. my dick. He didn't. He didn't. He was doing really well. No, I wasn't. He was. I was I was eating my fucking was, I'm dick. sitting at a show watching him and he's doing well but he did a reference <laughs> he said something like you had a joke about cow tipping or and, deer or, or deer, deer. deer he had a joke about deer. deer he had a and joke about deer. deer there I'm and like, they didn't have, they don't have deer. Come on, so he went so Just they didn't kill me. So they didn't laugh. Is it like funny if it's a Kengi Arch Barker? So that's what he, <laughs> he did want, then. Just go like, so then kill he snapped me. and he starts doing this and then he does a joke about cow tip. He goes, you have cows here. Because <laughs> no, it's he starts, frustrating. You know, it's yeah. like, and I talked to a guy, I talked to a guy, I forget what his name was, but he was in Australia. He goes, he was at that festival. He said, "If the jo- if my if I write a joke and it's not going to work in Australia and London or New York, I just won't I won't use it." I'm like, "But he had a he was a piano guy. He played fucking songs." But I'm like, I, "If I have a joke that works, I count as a blessing." Yeah. And then I had and if I and if I take it, if I go to Texas, don't work. My act's way better now, partly because my podcast, like I'm I'm much more like I have fans and 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 also, but my character's more defined, you know. Yeah. So if I go to a club and I'm a dick. Then, it's then expected. It, no, it's expected. <laughs> but if there's like, if there's, if there's four people there that know I'm a dick on my podcast, so yeah. if somebody hexes me, I go like, "You're a dick." 
they'll like at least go like, though that's what he does. You know what I mean? They'll at least, <laughs> that's what he does. They'll at least defend me. Where if I'm just if I'm just a generic comic and I'm being a dick, people yeah. are like this guy's a dick. And and if you take what I do in New York, I'm not really in New York. I'm a bit of a dick. But if you take the fucking Iowa, I, I look like a fucking dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I look condescending. I you look, look like fucking, a dick everywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm saying like in New York, everyone's kind of a dick. You know? Yeah. What so that's happened? why I always envy. Like I mean, I always envy to tell just because he was great, but also he like talked about drinking and fucking and anal and all this shit yeah. but then a guy like you you're perfect for it so it's like you're always but you're funny but you're also good you're also like you're a likable guy you, you know and then yeah. and then but you talk about shit regular shit you know yeah what, yeah. what happened with you and mikey kurt to go bananas what was your he fight? was he he we were always friends but then every the time every He's time the i went and there he loved kevin every no, time he, yeah we he, he was always we were always tight and then uh he he we were tweet he was we were he he was he would always say you know I had known you know oh whenever somebody said oh it was Kevin Brennan come whatever he was always making jokes that I had no no my act was always the same I'm like okay well anyway you know if the joke works what am I supposed to do? throw it out you know I guess no if I'm working on my new hour I'm gonna so he said so he says uh, shout out to Steve Burton he's doing uh he he we're we're texting back and forth like I'm I'm going at him like I'm already doing my podcast so I'm already like fucking more aggressive you know because I'm like fuck you I'm not coming to fucking Cincinnati so uh so we're texting back and forth and I was like shitting on some comics that he likes that I know he likes that yeah. no one uh, I forgot the guy's name uh uh, but anyway, I'm I'm saying he's a he sucks. He's you know no he has 78 Twitter followers. So Mikey puts that on Facebook. So somebody so so somebody tells me that. So then I go I go you fuck you you I go you fucking putting our con our text conversations on Facebook. So, oh, you were texting back and forth with him. And then he posted it on Facebook. Whoa, he's so, done the same thing to me. So I go I go I go your girlfriend's ugly. Put that on fucking Facebook, <laughs> you piece of shit. So he goes Jesus he goes Christ. I would expect nothing less less you to go after my fucking girlfriend i go exactly i go i go post it i go post it so and i'd same thing i guess i did with dave landau like i don't fight fair like if i'm pissed no, i'm just like no you don't but that guy didn't deserve it dave landau right no it, he totally deserved it did, what <laughs> he just got booked on the show that no, was it well i tell you this is from my perspective dave actually just texted tweeted me recently to come out on the podcast but this is come on his podcast to, he wants to come on my podcast oh your podcast and so but here's what was what what the the thing that dave missed in that was that whatever beef you had would have been hilarious to share on the show right and he wanted to squash it in the in the hallway right and you were like no just save it for the show like, well, like that's why we're here yeah, oh did you yeah, guys have why, it out yeah. in the hallway first yeah, yeah. oh I didn't know that and then, I thought you just no I got there and he was already there and then I and I thought he was gonna go on an hour ahead of time and give his side they're gonna bring me in like a fucking wrestling match yeah it was oh, and, okay. and by the way that's what I, I like I was excited for that and then when he was like no I don't want to talk about it here we should have talked about it like men part of me was like no I think I don't think you've been listening to the podcast and radio enough Dave like that is why I'm listening right now like right, and yeah. then and then when it started to go down I went all right it's happening yeah and then it just got like I think Dave's like one of those guys where he's like uh 
it's like a little old school where he's like, uh, no, no, we don't talk about this on air. You yeah. know? Because they, they don't know. That's what I'm saying. You're not sophisticated to what's going on here. So you're from the Midwest. You know, you think you're on a fucking Comedy Central show. So you know how show business works. Like, nobody gives a shit if we, get, if we go on the show and get along. So when I saw him in the, in the lobby, he's still sitting there. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I thought he was going to be on the air so they would keep us. So he's sitting there. I go, he goes, he goes, what's your problem? I go, what's my problem? <laughs> He goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm on, you, you talking shit about me? I go, I go, I'm on, uh, Chad said he was cool with it all along. Chad said he was totally cool with it. And so he goes, yeah, I'm on, I'm on vacation with my family and I get all these, I get all these, my Twitter blows up and I'm like, yeah, that's probably good. If you're in show business and your Twitter blows up. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the fucked up thing was after the fight, every, I actually blocked him on Twitter because every, tw- tw- every tweet that mentioned both of us, he would retweet it and like it. I'm like, I thought you were i thought you didn't want your twitter to blow up so yeah. so i go into the thing i'm sitting and we're waiting for fucking fat roland and so uh, i don't even think i don't even think he was there but i just like to call him fat roland so yeah. so we're sitting there and then and, I, and he's he like, like he goes me. he goes what's your problem i go i go dude i go i go why do you think we're here you think you're here because you he goes no i thought kumia made a call. I go, no 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 i go no 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 <laughs> You're here. You're here because I was shitting on you two weeks ago, and it was nothing personal. I just think I'm like, why the fuck is Dave Lando on for a week, filling in for fucking Junkie Artie? Like, why shouldn't I be on? I'm. Weren't they? Wouldn't it be good if they're promoting my show? I'm already there, you know. Yeah. But they had a different strategy, so I'm like, that's why you're here. So as soon as we got back in, I, I mean, I, I know. I think what triggered him was I was like, I said to Sam, I go, he thinks we're here for his talent. <laughs> So that would have pissed me off a little bit if I'm flying in from Detroit on Spirit Airline. I had to fucking pay twenty five dollars to check my bag, and they're like, they're like, uh, this guy, because I was just very so arrogant. Because once I'm in the studio, I like, I like, once I'm in the studio, I know I'm, I'm it's on video. And the conversation, it, the, if it gets juicy, it gets juicy. That's good radio. You I know? like how Norton tried to officiate it, and he's like, all right, all right, you went too far. No, no Norton was not. a complete fucking like Norton never left the mic. Sam at least jumped in. Norton was like. No, no, we don't get physical here. I'm like, come on, man. But he never left the mic. Never let. He probably like, no, I'm the I'm the captain of the, of the ship. I gotta fucking wait. Stay so on Sam, mic. Sam got between you two. No, because I they took it out when I, after the show. You know, I I texted Norton. I go, sorry, I didn't think it was gonna go that far. Yeah. So he goes, he goes. Basically, he was almost a little, little dismissive. He's like, he goes, yeah, it's always good to have you around, or it's always good to have you come by. It's basically their way of saying like you'll never be back. So then he oh, texted you'll be me. back. No, so then he texted me. He said. uh he goes, we're going to take out where you grabbed them because they we they might not let you in. Sirius might have a problem with Oh, you. yeah, for the video. Yeah, coming back Because the video in. does cut yeah. to a weird shot. And so I'm like, I grabbed them. Why wouldn't you show them? I didn't them? see that. Yeah. So I grabbed them, and then he got up, I think, and then I was still like, I, and then Sam was... Sam was like right there because Sam was seated with us. It, he wasn't between us, but he got between us because I kept going at him, you know. What was more physical, this one or the Jimmy Martinez fight? This one because I was Jimmy made Martinez. contact. Oh, you don't make contact. You know Jimmy Martinez. I don't know. Remember Jimmy Martinez from New York? The you guy must that know went to jail. He worked the door at Boston. He was yeah. probably looking for spots. Wait, is he the guy that uh, was a gambler? He was everything. Yeah. Okay, I know who it is. He what was happened? his partner on his podcast. No, too. he when 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 Lanny quit. Jay's. I mean, I, I had a uh, Jimmy filling in a couple of weeks because he was he was a different. He was just anti Lenny and he was like colorful and you know. I we always kind of interacted fun. I didn't know him that well, you know. So uh, 
he you know Jason's timing right yeah so anyway he's Jason's his manager so Jimmy kept saying how you know because he was like he came in like drunkish on a Monday and I go I go what the fuck are you doing you know I on air I'm like what yeah. the fuck are you doing you know and he's like he goes no I was just you know I was hanging out with Smoothie and you know we were we were you know we were just we were just partying this weekend I'm like just get some sleep on a Sunday night before the show so he goes he goes no I got a lot he goes like you know I got it. I basically said you know you, you don't have that much going on he goes I got a lot of shit going on in LA so uh so so I go you do I go let's call your man he goes he goes call my manager I go okay I had Jason's number <laughs> so I called Jason on air I go Jason does he does does uh, Jimmy have a lot going on in LA and and Jason like an idiot goes do you like I'm like it's not about me I didn't say I had a lot going on. I never say I have a lot going on anywhere so 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 Jimmy so Jimmy is like Jimmy gets flipped out that basically he got called out by his own manager Jason's so fucking instead of just going like yeah he's got I can't we can't prove or not prove yeah, all he had yeah. to say was like yeah he's doing he's pretty busy yeah. he's got some callbacks or whatever so Jason goes I you know I don't know how are you doing Kevin I go so then Jimmy gets flipped out. He fucking starts throwing shit at Riotcast Studio, and there's no security. Yeah. We're locked in. He, he could murder us all, and they wouldn't find out until they, were until they cut to clean the body. So Jimmy's like a big dude. I'm in my chair, and then everyone made fun of the fact that I just sat there where Jimmy's like standing above me, going like, and like I'm gonna like I'm gonna fuck you up. And <laughs> really? but is there I, video of this? Yeah. yeah. Oh I, shit! I know but what if I'm I stood doing. up, if I stood up, he would have just he would have just dropped me because yeah. I would have been. He was standing right above me. If I stood up, I'd been like face to face be honest i couldn't believe how bold kevin i've known jimmy for years yeah. jimmy martinez there's about four comedians i wouldn't fuck with he, jimmy be, martinez he, he is dropped one of supposedly them. he dropped uh Artie fuqua he just like he just dropped him like he's just a big fucking dude and nobody really? fucks with you know there's the, most comedians are like nerdy not tough guys but there's yeah. a few that really are fucking tough guy i mean like you're not gonna fuck yeah, with so like he's a Joe a, he's Rogan like, or, and he's a street guy so yeah. he'll you know whatever it, yeah and and i'm watching it going kevin of all people, <laughs> like, God, why it was dumb. I, yeah, it was dumb. Yeah, oh, you, I gotta watch he, that video. Yeah, it, it, that it was. It was. Uh, and it was. It was. It's a good video because they. Uh, and then he left. Thank God he left. And then I checked the door to make sure it was locked. You know. So I come back and I go. I go to Adam, my producer. I go. Did you get all that? I go. That was all on the air. He goes. Uh, he goes. Yeah, great radio. And I go, <laughs> I go, I guess it was. But when in a moment, you're not thinking great radio. You're thinking uh, like, so this guy's going to punch. Like, I was like, you know, I was like well, anticipating how going. my face would feel when he fucking pummeled it, you know? Yeah. Because I, I, I wasn't blocking it, but I was like, my hands were like near his hands. And people said, oh, yeah, like, you kept moving his hands. No, no, I didn't. I wasn't touching it, but they were near his hands. So in case he went to fucking, yeah. you know, I would be either grab it or fucking cover up, you know? You know, you know Jay Glazer, the... um the CBS, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So he didn't Fox. used to be as big as he was. I was on NEW in the morning when I had that morning radio show before Opie and Anthony, and he came on our show. And I think they were trying to fire me, and so they were trying out guests all the time. And we knew we were trying out guests, but we thought it was for like a third person. But then I got the impression like they're just going to get rid of me and move someone in. So he came on the show, and him and my co-host Sid Rosenberg were boxing me out like just having a conversation and I kind of got what was going on they just weren't going to let me in the conversation it was like we'll come in we'll do this then they'll just be like you know because they fired people like you know radio yeah. like you go yeah but the, they thought they were like like hardcore sports guys right and I was and supposed you to just you be like the, the funny, comic relief yeah so at one point he looks at me and he goes he goes 
Sid, who is this guy? Why is he even here? And Sid didn't back me up. He goes, I don't know. He's just some fucking idiot like that. And I was, I got mad at Sid, but I looked at him like, you know who I am? I'm the, I'm the co-host of the show and you're on my show. So if you don't like it, like get the fuck out, whatever I said to him. And he's like, Oh, what are you going to do? I go, you want to see what I'm going to do? And I like my adrenaline. Cause I thought I'm getting fired. Like, and I was yeah. making a lot of money. My head just started. And I have like a snapping. I just like went over the the like counter at him and everybody's like holding us pulling us off and like we're about to like oh first he goes he goes hey Sid why don't you cut the commercial so I can take this guy out to the green room and and take care of him and I go let's just fucking do it right now yeah. and I just went over and they like tackled us and pulled us out into the green room and everybody's like the producers are going go home and they're pointing at me they're like just go home get the fuck out of here right and they kicked me out they're like get out of the studio get go now you're banned from the studio so I walked out and I called my girlfriend and I go uh, I guess do you hear that because she always listen I go I guess I'm fired and I was like that was a lot of money at the time I was making like 150 a year or something Jesus. and I was like I just lost $150,000 and I was like fuck I love that money and I hated the show but I was like I love that money and I had to go to Florida that was on a Friday I had a gig in Florida that night so I just fly to Florida and Jeremy Coleman who's now the head of Howard Stern's show there's a voicemail call me immediately as soon as I land and I'm like oh, that's when I get fired and uh I call him back and it had the fight had gone on in the green room more after. And uh, I call him and I go, huh? Hey, Jeremy, what's up? I'm like, really sorry about what happened today. And he goes, don't you ever, ever do that again, ever. He goes, if you ever fight like that again, you keep that in the studio yeah. and you fight like that on the air. Yeah. He goes, don't take it away from the microphones. He goes, that was the best radio you've ever done. I'll see you on Monday. <laughs> Really? <laughs> no, was, and that was even before things went viral, right? Yeah. No, because I I said to Jimmy, Jimmy called me that night. He goes, he goes, don't air that show. <laughs> but it had already been put up. He goes, he goes, he basically threatened me, like, don't air that show or else there's there's going to be consequences. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I go, it's already fucking done, you know? Yeah. But I said, and then when it came out, I go, you should have just hit me. It would have went viral because it went, you know, it yeah, definitely got hits. But if he would have, like, literally <laughs> hit me. You know? I'll take the hit for the Dude, was, I mean it was those you you've been a part of some of the more fascinating radio I've listened to this last especially this last like couple years that for that first gym opium gym or whatever it was that you did yeah were you kind of shitting on Neil I I was listening to it I, I love Neil I'm friend, friends with Neil and yeah I no I mean not for like like Patrice would say we work together and we like yeah. each other <laughs> but I saw him I saw him in the in the store and I just I like, you know, I, I was new, your guys' brothers, and I just grabbed him. I was like, oh my God, did you hear your brother on Opie and Jim? And he was like, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I, and as I'm like, it was hilarious. And then in my head, I'm like, I've totally forgot you were shitting on Neil. Yeah. And I just went to Neil, like, have you heard this? And yeah. Neil's like, yeah. What do you want yeah, to talk about? We had a, do you think Neil ever, like now, checks up on like what you're doing? Like what he, or just as No, soon he as knows he sees, because he, even when I went to his uh, three mics in New York, he knew I went because when I, when I, when I, when he did the show, uh, when he was coming out on Netflix, I saw the promo. I didn't watch the show, but I saw the promo and I said, I said, you know, one of those jokes, they only did two jokes in a promo. I go, one of those jokes is word for word, like almost word for word a David Tell joke, you know? And he goes, well, why didn't you tell me that when you saw me 
do it live so and he only knew that from either listening or somebody told him you know and i said well you weren't doing the joke then you know and then i think you guys could have the best show ever the oh my god together. you guys could have a fucking show where you travel would, the world together oh. and you and you go do activities together you know, the worst part amazing. was the worst part was after the and i know he lives around here because i've been to his house but that was part of it because but anyway so i was oh he doesn't live down in venice anymore no tom i'm talking about tom uh, papa no yeah, tom so, lives right over there yeah so i was doing i was talking about like people in la that were like were kind of dicky to me once when i lived out here and i said even that half a fag tom papa you know who i'm friends with you know yeah. and tom papa admits he people think he's a half a fag minimum yeah. you yeah. know <laughs> maybe three quarter you know so uh so he texts me and he texts me goes he goes what happened on on uh opie and jim today and i go uh you know yeah. So then I then I then we were texting back and forth. He goes he goes yeah I was listening to the show and it was like hilarious whatever he said and then and then he goes my wife called me so I got off the phone then when I got back on I heard my name and I knew that you guys were talking about me so he didn't hear what I said so I go you know I love you man you yeah. know <laughs> I like totally go like come on man you know I'm just trying to sell that's why I said to Neil I go I'm just trying to feed my family sell a couple of tickets yeah in fucking Baltimore or whatever so then he I think then then he I didn't hear from him for a long time so he probably listened to it and then you know people people get mad but but you, again like when you're in the moment like the one thing I like about the podcast thing is like there's no audience to fucking hiss you and boo you so yeah. all my instincts to be like fucking you don't find out till uh, later. Though. No, all my instincts to be like more outrageous than I could ever be as a stand-up. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not following anybody. When I when I when I do, if I follow Godfrey, what chance do I have? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm not following Godfrey on a podcast. My my podcast uh, is separate. So if they they I'm not. You know what I mean? They're not like already a season to like. Oh, this guy's a dick. We like that other guy better. You well, know. People are so I can, I can, I, My point is, I can be outrageous and no one can stop me. People you know? are sensitive, and I get and. Comics are ultra sensitive. That's the one thing I learned. They're ultra sensitive. Oh, hardcore. Know? But when you I, but, hear, but, but, but you I know you're that, hearing, like, I, he does it to me all the time. I'll hear him rip on me on his show or something. And people always tell you. You always oh, yeah. get a tweet yeah, that you goes, can't, you can't hey, get away with that. Well, I would only hey, do that to, to a guy I liked. Yeah. Like, like, I, like if I didn't like Neil, I wouldn't be comfortable having these conversations. Like, right. if I, like or if I didn't like... Like if there's someone that I don't know or don't like, I'd be like, "Whoa, hold on, you know." But yeah. but uh, but like I always shit on Eddie or Tom Segura or fucking or Ari or yeah. Like, I, I'll I, I have no problem shitting on my friends in a funny way. Yeah, like when I, it's funny, it's okay. Orny shit on me on your podcast, and he goes. And I see him at the club. It, was, it wasn't I, on my podcast. It was oh, on, it's Steve, on Burns. Steve Burns. And I'm always nice to Orny. And Orny goes, hey, uh, I guess you heard us all shit on you. And he goes, all of us shitting on you on uh, on Steve Burns' podcast. And I was like, well, I don't listen to Steve Burns' podcast, so no. And he goes, yeah, we were all shitting on you. And I'm like, why? And uh, he's like, you know, we were all just saying how you're not very successful and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Oh, that's really thanks. I guess Orny. that would hurt my feelings. So yeah, so I go out to my car, <laughs> I get my car, I I put it on, and I'm like, I'm like, listen to it, and it's just Orny, uh, like no one else. Oh, yeah. And he was like, we're all shitting on yeah, you. We're all so I text him, you. I'm like, fuck you, you were the only one. Don't try to throw everyone else under the bus. And I'm like, I'm always nice to you, Orny, like always nice, and I stick up for you. And he's like, how dare you say you stick up for me? I don't need you to stick up for me. I'm like, he's like, that's passive aggressive. I'm like. You, you, the whole show you're talking about how everybody shit on you and I'm saying I didn't shit on you no it's yeah. not listen I, I'm a, you gotta be like in my position you know what I mean like I have like natural 
Like even you've the fact, always been like no, this. no, not really. Yes, not, you have. No, off off stage, but I'm saying like everybody thinks like Neil's like the guy last night. Neil's wildly successful. I mean, I don't see it that way. But if, if that's how people see it, then I have a natural fucking running theme through my show. Like I'm a I'm a loser. I'm a failure. Yeah. I've never got a break. I got it. I was at SNL. I got a fucking a nosebleed. Like I'm a loser. <laughs> so I can basically be the guy. Like I, I can shit on anybody because I'm a loser. Like I got nothing to lose by being a dick. And I almost don't. Like my career's fucking it's definitely spiking with this fucking me talking shit. And the fact that I would bring up Steve Byrne, I don't nobody else would say the guy's name. They would just say some guy. Yeah. So the fact that I would name name, and then if I see Steve Byrne, he'll be like, What the fuck was that? He might do me a karate kick because he's half karate. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he so I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm like, uh, it's just more fun for me as opposed to pulling punches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because again, like again, because I can get away with it. I'm old, I have no career. Robbie, Robbie Crow. <laughs> Raw is not going to fucking give me a Netflix special. If I did a Netflix special, I'd have to do my own special. And I, and like I, I, you probably haven't heard, but like Louis C.K. invited me to his Super Bowl party. Then he disinvited me because probably Michelle Wolf was there to cock block it. So, so there's like things. Wait, wait, wait. Things, Let's talk no, about things. it. I haven't heard this. <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta, we got to wrap it up. But No, but, uh, no. We got to hear it. You got disinvited. No, so, so, so it's like I, so now like things are happening where I'm like, this is like my life now where like shit happens to me Yeah. because I, I was in, I was out of town. Louis, like I just texted Louis because I was on. I think I was on with Norton, one of the shows I was on with Norton, talking about my my Kumia thing. And somebody asked Norton, uh, Louis's name came up. Somebody asked Norton, "Have you spoken to Louis?" And and Norton was like, "No, I'm just giving him a space, you know, blah blah." So I get that, but I was like, I was like, holy shit! So I just thought I'll text Louis. And I text him. I go, Louis, uh, I'm just texting you. So when I see you eventually, I wanted to say I was going to text you, you know? Yeah. So then he came back to me like in an, like a next day. Like he actually made me wait the next day, even though he's fucking ostracized. <laughs> he still made me wait like the fucking bitch that I am. A, the, a day later, like he's like, or, like he orbiting the earth. Even though fucking, he's ostracized. Like fat fuck. So, so he's, he, he, a day later, he texts back. He goes, yeah, good to hear from you. I, <laughs> thanks for throwing me a bone. I can tell my family. Family, Louis fucking texts me back. So then this, it's like a couple weeks later at the Super Bowl. So he texts me out of the blue. Uh, I mean, kind of off of that. A couple weeks, maybe a week yeah. or two. We have. He texts me. He goes, you know, we're ha- I'm having a party tomorrow. Um, uh, can you, uh, you know, we thought since the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, he knows I'm from Philadelphia. Yeah. Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Maybe it would be cool to have a Philly guy there. So I go, I text my wife. I go, Louis invited me to the Super Bowl party. I guess this fucking whole fucking shitting on people thing is working. You know? yeah. <laughs> this whole podcast thing is working out for me. So, so he goes, uh, so I text him back. I go, you know, can I bring, and my kids knew the Eagles were in. They were like, had Eagles jerseys. They were all pumped to watch the game. Yeah. And I was out of town. So I figured I can't come into town and, and then leave the next day and leave yeah. that that day and go to fucking Louis's house so um so I text him I go can I can I bring my my wife and kids you know so I don't hear back so I'm like oh fuck so I texted him again I like three hours later I go I go I, I guess I guess it's inappropriate for me to bring my kids so then he gets back to me pretty quickly he goes he goes yeah I just got rid of my kids I had them all week I don't want kids so then I go, okay, let me see. He goes, you and your wife are definitely invited. He knows my wife loves the show. So yeah. So I go, uh, so then the day of the Super Bowl, like I'm like, uh, here's my st- strategy. Uh, at halftime, I'll go over because my kids will be sick of the game. It'll be, it'll be like yeah. their bedtime. So I text them right before the halftime. It's, it's, it's close. It's close. I know the game's going to go to the end. I, we don't know who's going to win. And if the Eagles are the, if the, you know, if the Eagles lose, they'll be able to shit on me or whatever. So I text them before the halftime. I go, I go, can I, I'm going to come over at halftime 
and watch the second half of your house. And then he, within like a minute, he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, he goes, uh, everyone's leaving. Uh, uh, the party, the party's kind of fizzled out. And, uh, and I'm like, nobody leaves at halftime. It's a fucking <laughs> close game. So I'm like, that's fucked up. So I got, so I can't even come over by myself. So he goes, no, nah, it's a bad idea. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so then I, so then I text, I text fucking, I text, or then I, I tell him the story on stage when I did my live podcast and Liz, who works at the comedy cellar, she goes, I go, Liz, did you hear I got disinvited to Louis's party? She goes, oh, you got invited? And I go, why, who else went? She goes, uh, well, all I know is Michelle Wolf and Chris Rock were there. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> Cause I shit on Michelle Wolf like all Why? the time. Why do you shit on Michelle? Cause her I love voice Michelle. is hideous and and she's she's overrated. You know, I'll say I'll, I'll I think I'll her special that, is I'll great. Say that, I'll say that I've said it. Uh, I'm not. Uh, it's not. I'm not breaking new ground here. Yeah. And I just think she's like she's just like she's fake and she's phony and she's Team Neil all the way. You know. <laughs> and so is, so is Chris Rock. So is Chris Rock. So I think one. I think Louis probably got a text from me. And said like, and and he's like, oh, Brandon wants to come over, and then people were like, oh, where I'm gonna either they're gonna leave or whatever. So so the point is for the kids out there, they think they want to be a fucking troublemaker. You gotta, it's not that easy, you know what I mean? There's, <laughs> it's it's better to be a nice guy, and then and then if don't don't work out, then fucking you know once you hit fifty, once you hit fifty five, yeah. then fucking go what the fuck? I'm too old to get a job anyway, you know. That's how I look at. It. I'm, no one's gonna hire me for anything anyway, so I might as well just fucking. I gotta create my own fucking brand. <laughs> I got, I was honored when you were shitting on me. I was like I was like oh cool Kevin's shitting on me. No, that's and what people say in. now. People say now, but with you it was friendly. I like yeah. I, you know I didn't say anything bad. But people say like it's almost like like when Mark Norman the same thing. He goes he goes because uh, I was shitting on him. He was on Opie all the time. I go I go I got a fucking family. I go I was on Opie and Norton one time. I go does Mark Norman's dad work here? Like why the <laughs> fuck is he on so much? And Mark Norman he goes he goes no that's just Brennan Stick. He goes he goes yeah. I get it. He goes it's almost like flattering when he when he brings your name up but you yeah. have to know you're friends with them it's like because we're all but i wasn't friends sensitive. with him really mark no we kind of became friends with me like you know i would see him i go sorry i took a dump on you what, <laughs> time, what time do you have to get over to i don't you gotta, know you I gotta head over to, to go, tripoli's yeah. yeah you should head over to tripoli's how long have we done yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right, let's go um uh, for the record i think michelle wolf's fantastic i do too <laughs> she's got I a, do too i think yeah. her special was great She's a wonderful lady. What's it called? I don't know. I don't know. She's a nice lady. By the She's way, a nice lady. No, and now, now when they, now when they, it was funny when she was on your podcast too. Then when they bring her up, now all the women are like, "Oh my god, you go, girl!" And that makes me even more furious. <laughs> but she's also, she's always, she's always like fake nice to me. But she knows I'm like shitting on her, and she kind of just. She kind of just laughs it off because she's doing so great. Like she's, she's doing fantastic. Yeah, so she does new Netflix show coming out. Wildly successful. By the way, I'm also a big fan of Robbie's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should put these at the front. Robbie, <laughs> I love Robbie too, but I know he's Team Neil a all disclaimer. the fucking way. Neil well, directs I, fucking commercials for Netflix. You know, I like Neil too. I like everyone. I, I I like everyone, but I like I I love I love listening to your candor about shit because if I can't connect the dots on said person, there's a person in my life. That's doing what you're talking about that I go, yeah, that fucking drives me nuts. Like, like there's things that 
Does that make sense? Yeah, but also you can't, what I'm doing, like, I'm not saying I'm like this fucking trailblazer, but what I'm doing, like, I realized when I, yesterday when I was doing that thing with that show, yeah. I can't, I, I couldn't do that here because it's just, you know, it's it's too much a business here. And there and is people, a phoniness people, to LA. No, but people would be like, wow, this guy's real. Because even at the cellar, like, I have to sit by myself, you know, <laughs> people, people out here, but out here, my if I had an agent or a manager, they'd be like, you can't, you got to stop. Yeah. You can't shit. But here, you can't here, say Chris here, Rock hasn't here, done anything in 20 years here's what you i can't <laughs> say michelle wolf michelle wolf is terrible you just can't you can't fucking do here's it. what i wonder let's say let's say hypothetically hbo or netflix comes to you and they decide to make a tv show like a curb your enthusiasm and it's all about kevin and it becomes the number one show on netflix then i think all of these people every single one of them would sit at your table at yeah, the cellar course, and would course, kiss your it's every, a business. every single person so it's 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 where you are right now, but it's funny to watch that. And as soon as it would click over where you're, you're in that power position where they'd all be like, I'm on, I'm on team Kevin now. <laughs> no, there's yeah. a double standard. Even I was in, a, I was in an Uber yesterday coming back from that other show and, and the Uber driver was saying like, he, he said, you know, I'm not talking about you guys. I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but there was definitely an LA thing where you're nice to everyone to their face. And then you talk shit about them when you get in your car or you're yeah. nice, you're nice at a meeting and then you drive like a fucking dickhead, you know? So there is much more like of a, I think it's partly to do with the weather and just like looking like, like if I was out here and I was miserable and, and people, it's inappropriate like when it's a nice day and they're yeah. like oh look look who's a fucking black clouds coming here so you have to you have to be a little bit nicer here and it just people would someone that would have me fucking murdered you know it's just so much easier to do it from the east coast where people you know it's not it's people are still mad at me but it people are it's in the east coast it's more acceptable to be a fucking straight uh a full frontal yeah asshole, you can you know you what can, i mean you can be shittier and it's York. tough well, to you guys here. are both you guys are both kind of naturally you know uh, amenable you're you're not you guys yeah. are not troublemakers We're easy going anyway. guys yeah you're both friendly i also don't like confrontation so i think that's one of the things there where i just go oh yeah 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 anyway kevin brennan 666 on twitter Kevin Brennan 666 on Instagram and that, the 666 looks like I did it for this but I actually had it as a joke before this because Kevin Brennan was taken Kevin Brennan 1 was taken so I'm like I did it as a joke Kevin Brennan 666 and now people are like yeah you're the devil you're the fucking antichrist <laughs> I, I saw that and I wondered no it wasn't it was just a flu but now, then I changed my Instagram to Kevin Brennan 666 Facebook, I don't know, I don't know how, but they're all go to my Twitter. Everything's linked there. I'll have whatever. you tagged in all my posts. Yeah, for this. and I appreciate you having me no, on dude, the show. No, dude, I, you're the, I appreciate it, man. I think I, I love, I, I love listening to you. You're one of my favorites. Thank, and, I appreciate it seriously. I and then Chad, you know, Chad was like, Chad don't was say like, his name. He gets too much publicity. No, Chad goes, you. Chad goes, be come in there and be aggressive when you do. Oh, don't let thing. Chad manage no, and, you. No, and then I'm thinking, I'm doing it, I'm doing it at nine in the morning, and like, what am I supposed to do? Like, come in and go, fuck you, Burton, like. Grab <laughs> like how do I how are you aggressive at 9am on a Tuesday I don't even know what the fuck he was talking about yeah. when Kevin said come with me I'm like you need a wingman like you can't do this yourself I just I figure yeah I could I can't, I can't make yeah. fun of the host so I'll make fun of you <laughs> alright here going over to Sam Tripoli's tinfoil podcast Wait, make fun of my uh, I got my bingo fest coming up July 13th 14th 15th I have a whole farm in uh, Seattle that I'm having a festival it's a comedy show dumbest idea ever I know and, are you uh, gonna make any money 
Zero. Oh, that's what I mean. Zero. Dumbest yeah. idea. Uh, it's two hundred fifty dollars a ticket. Too. And shout out to Bert who's doing fucking selling out. Right? How yeah. many tickets you sell at LOL? That's a fucking huge room when you sold a lot of tickets, right? He sells yeah. everything. That's fucking everywhere you great. go. Every ticket store. I couldn't get into his show. I was like, I'm friends with Bert, and they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> no, that's that's <laughs> serious fucking. Sellage. He left my name at the door, and they wouldn't let me in. They at Helium, they were like, <laughs> I tried to get in. I'm like, oh, I'm, uh, yeah. I go, I'm the headliner at the club, like across the street. Yeah. And they're like, you can't come. I in. go there. I go there on a Thursday. <laughs> I pray to Jesus that the show's not canceled. Oh, because it's a huge room. If they have ten people, they have to cancel because it's then it's like a fucking yeah. bad like AA meeting. You yeah. know those uh, those big rooms didn't. Do you make... guys ever do coots in Alaska? Oh yeah, I'm there on next week. Is it is it good? Oh, it's funny shit. It's funny shit. You're gonna love it. Really? Make sure to go to the Bush Company too. What's the Bush Company? Just just go to the Bush Company. All right, I'm good. All right oh. we're sending you over to Sam's. All right, thank you. All right, sir. thank you, brother. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.